All right, everybody, we are live on both YouTube and Facebook, the People of Comedy page. This is the Joe Kilgallen Podcast. Thanks, everyone, checking out. As always, i got to give a big shout-out to everyone who's been supporting the podcast, to the Patreons. You guys are great. Love you guys. Can't do it without you. Been adding a ton of bonus content to that. Did a bonus Fuck, Mary Kill with Lisa Traeger. Hilarious Comedians been on Netflix and Comedy Central. I've got a, a bonus with Ryan Dempster, who is a major league pitcher for the Chicago Cubs and also several other teams. But we, we care the most about the Cubs, as you can see by my background. And um, some other great stuff on there. I had to take podcasts down for legal reasons. You guys get access if you join the Patreon. So a big shout out to all the Patreon supporters, my YouTube, subscri my YouTube subscribers. You guys are amazing. And without further ado, let's get right into this podcast. I got a returning guest. Dude's been on a few times. One of my favorite comedians in the city of Chicago. Producer of Comedians You Should Know. Producer of the Trigger Warning Open Mic which is sorely missed, I'm sure, by so many people who needed a reality check. Uh, we'll talk about that and a bunch of other shit. Without further ado, everybody, welcome to the podcast, One Ed Towns. Ed, how hey, are you? Joe, Joe, I love that intro. It's like, hey, we got bonus content with Comedy Central's Lisa Traeger, uh, all-star pitcher Ryan Dempster. Oh, we got this bum who produces an open mic. <laughs> two-time all-star but hey dude you're also a producer hey though listen you're one of the producers also, of community chanel yeah yeah thanks i like you with community you know and then brought me right back to reality as a producer of trigger warning open mic to be fair though ed i know i know what you're doing and it's hilarious i love a good self-deprecating <laughs> comedian but that open mic is so much more than just an open mic. For those of you who don't yeah. know, Trigger Happy Open Mic is an experience. It was a late night open mic on a, on a Monday night. I'll let you explain. Explain the motivation behind Trigger, trigger Warning Open Mic. There was too many garbage comics with out of realistic expectations for themselves. And no one told them, hey, that shit sucked. So I, I took it over. And I remember Rodesky, my co-host, was like, Dude, these, if you're gonna keep being mean, these people are not gonna come back. I'm like, good. I'm trying to get them to quit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, and that was it. But it always, I always have a soft spot for even if you're a bad comic, if you keep coming back to that mic, I'm like, all right, this guy has the fortitude to do this shit. He's got to figure out how to be funny first. You know? Yeah, I mean, you kind of respect that, right? You. Uh, yeah. That's the thing about stamp comedians. We want to know. We kind of put each other through the ringer, in a sense, where it's like. All right, if you're into this, if you're for real, then we'll know right away and we'll take you and we'll embrace you. We'll protect you in a sense, yeah. but we'll also be honest with you, keep you on your toes. It is like a hazing in a way without like dickish stuff because we don't want, if you're, we don't want you wasting, not, fuck your time. We don't want you wasting everyone else's time because we're serious about this. And if you're not serious, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. How many, how many comics in your career, your long career, because I have a lot that you like, saw that was funny just in general and you invested all this time in them just for them to quit six months later oh it's happened a you few know? times yeah it's happened yeah. a few times where you see someone where you're like man they're so-and-so could be really really good if they just got a work ethic because you need a work ethic and it's yeah. fun though but some people just they can't ride the highs and lows because that's the thing about stamp comedy and every famous comedian has said this it'll it'll knock you back on your ass real quick it yeah. humbles you so fast you could have a, you could have seven nights in a row of just destroying like rock star status performances, yeah. and then you know that eighth night you eat shit, you eat your balls as we say. And uh, what, what okay. would you say for a woman? What does a woman say? She eats her tits. 
We gotta we gotta bring this into 2020. Uh you know what I think? Non-binary, they could say whatever they want. That's what's fun about yeah. that, I feel like. But a woman, you need to Maybe. women need to say I, I got kicked in the cunts. I think I, I think I think There you good. go. Let's make that one fly. <laughs> um But yeah, I mean, and then you feel like shit. And then some people yeah. and then you need a good comedian friend to be like, dude, you've been crushing it. Don't let one performance that audience suck. This you or know, even the other way around. Back. Or the other way around. around. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the pandem- that's the real pandemic I've been seeing in comic comedy is all these shitty comics that hang out with each other and hype each other up. And there's not one person to be like, hey guys, don't you know we all suck right now? Yeah, that too. Yeah. There, I remember I remember doing an open mic at this at Shuba's, which is like a pretty legendary bar in Chicago. This might have been, I don't know, seven, eight years ago or something. And it was just something was in the air where I was like, you know what? I got to. And I opened myself by going, hey, by the way, everybody, none of you are special. Nobody here is fucking special. Stop stop beating up each other's asses. Because it was one of those nights where I saw so much mediocrity. But comedians will do this too. And this is a thing I hate. Like, And I'm sure this is in other professions for people who are listening who aren't comedians. Um, I'm just letting you into this world. Other professions definitely have these corporate cheerleaders. And in the world of comedy, you'll get that corporate cheerleader where it's like, ha, 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 they're laughing for their friends. And then the regular yeah. audience is like, what the fuck are they laughing at? And it's this weird way of just like kind of boosting each other up. And it's like comedy with training wheels. It's not realistic. Eventually, no. those training wheels have to come off. And when they do, you're going to fucking crash because nobody was nice enough to just give you a push and then back Let's away and know. let you ride. Yeah, I got to let you ride. Yeah, All right, man, that, dude. That, that's trigger warning. That's, that's trigger, trigger warning. There, but that's why I brought it up because it's unique. It's like the only open mic I know that's like that'll be honest with the comic. I've seen comedians go up there. And just eat shit, and then the hosts are playing sound effects and being like, "Dude, what the fuck were you thinking? Are your parents proud of you?" Just roasting yeah. people, and it's, it was fun yeah, to see. There's only one comic that has never bombed there, and that's Who? Adam Burke. Adam, Adam Burke. Burke has never bombed there. He is ne- not once. That's he, surprising. Like, he's, he's so smart. He's seen the formula. He was like, "Shit on Ed, shit on whoever's hosting, shit on room, and then go into your material." Yeah. No, no I, Adam's a great comedian, so it doesn't really surprise me, surprise me, yeah. but I could see him not relating to a lot of that demographic. But, no, you he know, loves it. They might laugh because they don't want to feel stupid when he throws those uh, big words big out words there. <laughs> I'm so I dumb, think... I couldn't come up with a better phrase than big words. Big words, big words. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I did a thesaurus when I watched that guy's comedy. Like Adam, jo- Adam Burke's jokes hit me two weeks later. Want to watch a TV show and they explain what the fuck he was talking about. Adam Burke, everybody, who's been on the podcast a few times, looks like a guy who would be a guest on an NPR show. And guess what? He's been a guest on an NPR show. An NPR show. <laughs> he's, he's a really funny guy. But he, like, he, it makes the most sense when you see him and then you go, oh, yeah, this guy just looks yeah. like he listens to NPR. He looks like he donates to NPR. Of course he should be on NPR. That's just the vibe I get from Adam. Great guy, though. Here, I got to get him back a, on. Here's a quick story about my sister, right? My sister's a big wait, wait, don't tell me fan. So I was I was talking to her like a couple years ago, and I was like, hey, you know, I can get you wait, wait, don't tell me tickets. She's like, really? How? I'm like, I know Adam Burke. And she said, you know Adam Burke? But she said in a way like, how does your dumbass talk to this guy and are that much of friends with him where you can get tickets? She didn't believe it until I got it there. It was almost uh, an insult. <laughs> yeah, almost. I mean, really, like, <laughs> like he's so uh, special and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, dude, like, I just so that's why I mentioned the open mic. It's a different thing, everyone. 
Um, thanks for people in the chat. We got some people in the chat. Francisco. Um, some of these I'm not going to respond to because it's just like, okay. Francisco Zimbrano, which is the last name of one of my favorite all-time Cubs pitchers, Carlos Zimbrano. Carlos Zimbrano. Said, cancel the Cubs. Their owners support Trump. Now, that's not a Facebook comment, okay? Just so everyone knows, hey, we've hey, got hey. comments back and forth between Facebook and YouTube. So I don't think the YouTube people could see the Facebook comments. So I'll flash that one so you see what I'm saying right there. Hey, uh, Francisco, add- thanks for listening. But by the way, dude, not to cut you off, Ed. Pretty much all owners of professional sports teams support Trump. Also, the Cubs are owned by four siblings, one of which was Hillary's biggest donor, Laura Ricketts. And she's the first openly lesbian owner of any professional sports team in America, maybe even on the planet. So that's not, you know, it's their fucking owners of sports teams. They bet on both sides. Starbucks donates to both sides. All these fucking corporations do that. And it's, I mean, it's different with Trump because, you know, he's such a piece of shit. But like... Uh, I don't let that, if, if you were to stop, you wouldn't have any sports teams to root for if you only rooted for the ones that voted for your, the same people you'd like. It's just, yeah, be a, you know, re- be, a some stuff. be a Redskins fan right now. See how hard that is, all the shit they're going through. Yeah, Jesus and then like, Christ. yeah, so the Redskins are changing their name. Yeah, I saw that, like 20 women came yeah. forward. So maybe they knew that was going to happen and they're like, hey, we better, hey, let's what? distract. <laughs> What, what? Why wouldn't you expect a team that's named the Redskins to not know something about raping and pillaging, you know? Yeah, fucking hell, man. <laughs> I mean, you know what cracks me up about the whole Redskins name change thing is that I see people on social media mad about them changing their name, going, oh, this is bullshit. Why they change their name? All this, you know? And they're not Redskins fans. By the way, Francisco, yeah. I know you're just playing, man. I'm only messing with you, but we're having fun. Uh, yeah, they're not. So I don't get it. Like, if someone asked me, they go, Joe, what do you, what do you think about the Redskins changing the name? I'd go, well, it sounds pretty derogatory. Redskins, it's got a history that's bad. I think they should change the name. Furthermore, I'm not a Redskins fan, so I'm not that invested in it. I would like them to change it, but I don't give a shit. And I know people who aren't Redskins fans don't own any Redskins merch who are literally like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. I'm like, why do you care that a team you don't watch or support is doing anything? Do you think uh, the reason why the Redskins suck is because of Native American curse that they're throwing on them from having that shitty name for so long? Could be, which but on the flip side of that, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you're like, we're not changing our fucking name. Fuck you. We're not changing yeah. shit. Because people wanted – there was a, there were some people a while ago that wanted every single sports team that had like a Native American like representation in their mascot be erased. And yeah. though the thing is, though, you talk to some Native Americans or a lot of Native Americans, and they're like – no, some of them are cool. Some of them aren't. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I mean... I, it was named after a specific tribe. It was actually not a tribe. It's named after a chief. There was no, like, Blackhawk tribe, but there was a Blackhawk chief. Oh, okay. I only know because I... I've done a lot of research, and I'm a big Blackhawks fan. Um, the thing is, they were originally, like, Blackhawks, two words, up until 1986. And then they just became Blackhawks, one word. So if they wanted to, they could go Blackhawks, like, two words... And then there was this really cool logo of like a hawk that had like feathers, so it kind of had both worlds blended together. I thought that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that should work. But I, I think they're, I think they're fine. Redskins and Indians has to go. Oh, the Indians I, was I, bad I, because it's I, so general, and the logo was like this big red face. Look, look drunk. He looked pretty. Chief yeah. Wahoo looked like he was fucked up. He looked hammered, you know. So yeah. it was kind of a bad little stereotype going on there. Yeah, all the other ones I think is is it's it's fine, you know. You yeah, know, Braves like, doesn't it, sound bad. Yeah, but they're gonna do I mean, away with the, the tomahawk the chop. Shit, That's bad. Yeah. But also, the Chiefs said they're gonna do away, with, do away with that shit too. Yeah, they're gonna stop that. But I think they're keeping mm-hmm. the team name. Um, yeah. I know there's some college football teams like Florida State Seminoles. I don't know if the Seminoles tribe is like, hey, that's gotta go. 
So I don't know how it started. How did it start where they're like, let's name it after Native Americans? I don't know if, like, I think there were some good intentions with a lot of these teams, and then there were some bad ones, too. Like, Blackhawks was coincidental because the first Blackhawks team owner, his World War One like, fighter pilot division was called the Blackhawk Division. So it was like a name that the Army had given a bunch of planes that fought together. Kind of like the Red Tails, which would be really cool if the Washington Redskins became the Red Tails to honor the Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I say like Blackhawks isn't bad because I'm cool with Red Tails. Yeah, it's honoring it's honoring a specific thing. But the Redskins and the Indians is just first off they're not Indians. They're like, not. Here's a Cleveland fan, Gary Lee from uh, Cleveland. Indians are changing their name without needing to distract from a scandal. Um, yeah, well that, that's good. Uh, but yeah, yeah. still a lot of people would say that it took them a long time to do it. I don't know why people are so married to these team names. Pretty much every franchise has changed their name in their history. The Cleveland Indians were originally the Cleveland Spiders. I think they went back to the Spiders and had like a cool like maybe Spider-Man design going on. That'd be pretty badass. Maybe partner up with Marvel, get some of that Disney money flowing their way. I don't know yeah. if you guys see this, but I got some uh, I got some Avengers toys right behind me here. I got Captain America, no. Black Widow, Thor. Hey, and hey Joe, here's the funny thing about you. Uh, Pre-quarantine. You didn't give a shit about Marvel shit at all. Now you're like a, a Salmonier of Marvel <laughs> Universal shit. <laughs> Dude, I love it, man. I'm so yeah. pissed at myself. I was thinking about it recently. A decade, 15 years of just being in the clouds, not giving a fuck. Avengers, go fuck yourself. Well, I you saw know, the and- first two Avengers in the theaters. I saw like the Avengers in 2012 and then the Avengers Age of Ultron in the theater. And then I saw the first Thor in the theater and the first Iron Man. I didn't see Iron Man 2 um, in the theater. So there was like a handful I saw. But I was way behind. I was like 14 movies behind. Yeah. Disney Plus rolls around. Obviously, the quarantine helped a lot. And I'm mad at myself now, though, because I wish I could go back in time so I would saw the movies as they came out so I could experience Avengers Endgame opening night in the theater because one of my favorite things to watch is you can see yeah. youtube videos or it's on twitter where someone will have like the crowd reaction so they'll be like filming on their phone and yeah. then like spoiler alerts if, ever, if you have not seen avengers endgame i will not be mad at you for cutting away right now at what, the 14 minute mark seven dollars yeah seven dollars catch up on this shit because it is so fucking worth it this the whole mcu marvel cinematic universe is a masterpiece. I, I I love it to death, and I think the only people who don't like it are fucking pieces of shit who can't see fun in anything. Yeah, dude. But that scene. So y'all, there's like that hype scene, like the big battle, and when Captain America gets Thor's hammer, which I can never pronounce the name of it, the Mayor, I believe. Um, and like, dude, there's like theater reactions yeah. where people are going fucking insane. It feels like you're watching like a game seven between the Chicago Cubs yes. and the Cleveland Indians, where people are going nuts. And when like everyone comes back. And you hear just like Falcon going on your left, which is a badass yeah. callback from like seven movies Chills. ago. Chills, Chills yeah. dude. Yeah. I get Ooh. so pumped. It's so many different scenes. Even Captain Marvel's arrival was one of the most badass arrivals during that fight scene. When they're just they like, what show. the hell's that? They did, they did that so right because she was on early on in a three-hour movie yeah. within the first 20 minutes, and then she's gone forever. So long where you forget about her. Yeah. So when Change you watch your haircut. The first time, you're like, what the fuck is that? And then you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot about this bitch. And then, yeah, yeah. Dude, great. so who's your favorite? Who's your favorite superhero? Um, shit. You know what? It's going to be a weird one. Gambit. Gambit. All Gambit. right. Yep. Well, here's Old a good question, shit. then. I love Gambit. Gambit's one of my favorites because he was just cool as shit. 
know what I mean? He had like that raging Cajun thing. He was always trying to bang Rogue, even though it probably would have killed him. Because he was like, dude, I, I think that pussy's worth the risk. That's what he kept saying. Yeah. And as a kid watching the animated series, I was like, fuck, man. That's what, that's what I knew. Like, I'm like, I'm a heterosexual man, you know, because I want to be like Gambit. I want to risk it all right. for Rogue. I want my Rogue. Also, you know? old school shit. Dennis's place, old arcade place on Sheffield University had Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and I always let off with Gambit. Yeah, and when you think about those, as far as powers go, it's not like the coolest. He can charge things with kinetic energy. Yeah. The thing that killed me was that he always used cards, but every now and then in an episode of the animated series, uh, he would like light something else up. I remember one time him and Beast were like behind a wall, and Beast saw an apple and like used his foot to flip it over to Gambit. Gambit charged the apple, and it was like a way bigger explosion than any of the cards. But then again, yeah. you can't carry around a bushel of apples. 52 yeah. cards is 52 bombs. So I, so I get like eight, that. You got like eight decks on you. You'd be a fucking casino boss. Right, dude? Let, let, me, uh, let me... Uh, okay, Francisco Zimbrano has now said that it's pronounced Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Thor's hammer. That's what I thought it was. It's one of those things where whenever he says it in the movies, I, go, I gotta rewind it to hear exactly how he pronounces it. I think it's Mjolnir. Am I right about that? Mjolnir? No, no Mjolnir sounds right. Mjolnir, I think. I think I think so. I don't know. Mjolnir. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And then he says that Gambit had his power suppressed by Mr. Sinister. I know, and I'm kind of I'm glad that Fox didn't do the Mr. Sinister in any of their X-Men movies. Because that was the big reveal at the end of X-Men, I believe, Age of Apocalypse. Um mm-hmm. where they show like Essex Corpse, which is like Mr. Sinister at like the end credits scene. Cause I'm excited, like you chose Gambit as your favorite. I'm I'm excited, but I'm also curious how Marvel is going to incorporate X-Men into the MCU. Because let me tell you this, man. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past just came on Disney Plus, so I was checking that out. But the thing that I can't understand is if all of a sudden the X-Men appear in Marvel Cine- you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if I'm Spider-Man or or the Hulk, you know, Bruce Banner, and I meet Jean Grey. Or even Magneto, I'm going to be like, yo, where the fuck were you during the whole Thanos thing? We could have used you. Did you guys, like, not see that half of the population of the universe just disappeared? Yo, Xavier, you didn't see that shit coming? I think they'd be really pissed off if they met the X-Men. So I don't understand how they're going to, you know, marry those two universes. I got a theory. All right, lay it on me. It's going to take a lot of bad... It's going to take a lot of... uh, uh, suspense of disbelief or whatever the fuck they call that shit. They're going to have to have a backstory where mutants are not welcomed at all, where you almost have to go into hiding like concentration camps or yeah. whatever, or like Jews and back in uh, I got to be careful. Black, blacks and Jews are getting along right now because of Nick Cannon. But, uh, <laughs> we can talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but they have to go into hiding, you know, because they're not welcomed and something has to bring them out and then they find out about it. So deep hiding that like Shield doesn't even know about him. That's so. a good call. I mean, it would have to be something like that. But then it kind of erases. I, I don't see a way they're going to have to erase the old storylines that from the Fox movies, which is such a bummer oh, yeah, because yeah. yeah, they can't carry they can't it on. Uh, which is I uh, hopefully they keep some of the same actors because some of them I really like. Like I love, I love our girl from Game of Thrones as Jean Grey. Whose name eludes me right now? Sophie uh, Turner. Sophie Turner is Jean Grey, and I think she's amazing. Um, yeah. So like, 
Some uh, Francisco Zambrano says they're saying Scarlet Witch will activate the mutant population, so maybe the mutants don't exist, and then she'll get that going. I guess. But the whole backstory is That's that it. she's Magneto's daughter. In the real story. Yeah, that like real, in the, the real, real comics. So they'll have to the MCU is its own thing. I know that. Right, because the MCU they couldn't use mutants. So all the super all the superheroes are either gods or they uh they they got some bit by a spider or like they they uh Scarlet Witch, for example, she was created out of the the stone, the mind stone. They yeah. used the mind stone to create her power. So they need to find a way to create mutants outside of that realm of the Scarlet Witch thing is a good theory too. I like that. Now I remember that's a good theory, but now I actually remember James Webb founder of the people of comedy network which we are broadcasting live from on their facebook page people of comedy check out all the podcasts on the people of comedy network everyone some good ones some gems he mentioned that the next doctor strange which has already been announced i think they'll start filming when they could start filming pretty soon because i think it's set to come out in like 2021 is going to be called like doctor strange yeah go ahead Multiverse of Madness. The Multiverse of Madness. And because of that, there's going to be different dimensions that will then come together in a sense, and that will bring the world of which the where the X-Men existed into the oh, MCU. That makes yeah. the most sense now that I remember yeah. him bringing that up, and that seems like a cool way to do that, because then you won't have that moment where Doctor Strange is like, yo, where the, where the fuck were you guys? Seriously. Like, Xavier, your school's in upstate New York. You knew some shit was going down. So I think that's the way to go. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's probably what's gonna be. So I'm pouring, I am pouring a uh, Tecate into a Samuel Adams pint, and I call this drink reverse gentrification. No, oh. <laughs> a Mexican <laughs> moving into a white neighborhood. There you go. I like that. That's pretty good right there. I'm drinking what I was drinking on the last podcast. Some of my listeners might remember. It's Big Brother Hard Root Beer that I got from. Good old Aldi. It was an impulse yeah. buy. And I got to say, it is really good. Hard oh, you know what? That's my That's my beef I had with you. I've done this podcast maybe five or six times. And we've only drank three times. You know which three times that was? Which three? It was the one in my backyard. Yeah, that was. we put, put away a lot of Stella's and a whole bottle of yeah. whiskey that night. Yeah. And it was the one... Uh, the one 100 episode one. Yeah. Assumed, uh, yeah, I got drunk by the end of that one and said some stupid yeah. things. And then, and then this one. I, we've never been in the studio and you blessed me with any drinks, you son of a bitch. You know, when we did the studio, <laughs> we did one with me, you, and Rena. We didn't drink during that? No. I think there was some shit left that James had in the studio, but it wasn't a lot. Well, you know, every now and then I would leave beer behind and then I would show up and, of course, it would be gone. Because it's one mini fridge and way too many fucking animals. Mm -hmm. Can't trust these people. Can't trust fellow podcasters. They're the worst. But we are drinking right now, which is good. Um, I've rebranded the podcast, the Joe Kilgallen Podcast. It's still the same podcast for you Kilgallen's pub listeners. If you're wondering why, I'll be honest. Because I would post clips of the podcast that were really good, funny clips. You know, on the YouTube channel. And they wouldn't do as well as my regular YouTube content. And I'm like, hmm, this is a little strange. I know my bread and butter stand-up and my subscribers came for the stand-up comedy content, but I'm thinking they should also enjoy this. It didn't make sense why they wouldn't like, you know, funny conversation, right? And I realized it's because people didn't really know what it was. It wasn't very click-friendly, the idea of it being Killian's Pub. Why am I clicking on this? 
And then I thought to myself, you know what? A lot of really successful podcasts are just the person's name. So I yeah. thought, you know what? Might as well just call it the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Still the same format. Drink with people, have some fun. And then eventually, if I bring back comedians in basements drinking 40s, maybe I'll call that Kilgallen's pub where we could sit like at a bar that and drink. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so then I'm not really just disappearing the name. But uh, it's just easier for Google searches and iTunes searches and all that kind of shit. I, I, I feel like I mentioned that a few podcasts ago, but I haven't updated anyone on that. Um, but yeah, I just figured to do it that way. I got to tell you, Joe, like your comedy is all right, but your branding is on point, man. Oh, thanks. I mean, it took me long enough. No, I'll take that as a compliment, man. No, I know you're. I know you had to give me an insult before a compliment. I'm the same yeah, dude, Ed. I'm yeah. the same dude. I find trouble just giving another dude a compliment without being yeah. like, by the way, your shoes are shit. Like, you know, you got to like throw yeah. something else in there. That's just the way we are. Um, Do that, yeah. But yeah, I don't want anyone thinking like I, I you know, Killian's Pub wasn't working, so therefore I changed the name. It was just, I I just care about the content. I'm not, a, I was never been a big person on what's it named. Because my previous podcast was called Comedians Talking Sports, which was derived from my original podcast, which was with Megan Gailey called Naked Sports Live. We called it Naked Sports Live for a stupid reason. We didn't really know. We wanted sports in the title because it was a sports podcast. We threw naked in there because I read that naked is a top 10 Google search word. But here's where I'm an idiot, everybody. If you search naked and you come across a sports podcast, you're not clicking on it because you're mad. You're more like, I wanted to see naked. I don't, you're not just gonna be like, well, I couldn't find naked. So I'm just gonna listen to two fucking ginger comedians bitch about, uh, you know, run defenses. Like, so, yeah. Uh, so that's why I was yeah. like, you know what? When I, when I come back into another sports podcast, Gailey moved to New York and moved to LA. So that's why we didn't stay together with the whole podcast game. And she's doing a podcast with her husband, who I'm gonna have on the podcast next week, CJ Taldano, who's a great comedian. Everyone should check him out. Um, and he runs like the House of Highlights Twitter account, which is top notch stuff. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. The Instagram or the Twitter I think he's running now. He used to work for Bleacher Report. He wrote for Jimmy Fallon. So I was like, I want the name. I, I want it to be easy for people because it's about mm -hmm. content to me. So I didn't come up with like some podcast I haven't checked out because I'm like, what is that? And they go, oh, it's it's Mike and Jim Shrimp Hour. I'm like, what, what are they talking about? Shrimp for an hour? No, no. It's just some no. silly name. And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, what the f Like some names like, I mean, if you could be clever while also telling the listener what they're getting into... I'm cool with that, um, yeah. but but some of them are just dumb. Where I'm like, I don't fucking why, why you're trying to be. Just tell me what it is. I don't give a shit. The best shows, you know what the hell they are before you get into them. Um, but yeah, so that's why it's just a Joe Kilgallen podcast. Tim Dillon's the Tim Dillon Show. That's it. Nobody's Joe Rogan Experience. Like, there's a reason that some of these are really popular because people like the person and then they get into what the person does anyhow enough about me i want to talk to you ed about something major that has happened during the whole quarantine everybody yeah. ed towns is off the market officially you were off previously because you were in a relationship but it is official now because ed is engaged everybody congratulations thank you sir I no i you tricked her, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you have a, a lovely partner in crime. She's awesome. I always like talking to her, like after shows and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I uh, saw her uh, over the weekend. We were watching UFC 255, I believe it was. 250, 251. 251, thank you. And um, really good card, except for the last fight. But we'll get to that in a second. I want to first ask you, let's uh, let's let's get the story. How'd you, how'd you do? You dropped down on one knee? I did, but I was drunk on whiskey. <laughs> So did she not so, think it was sincere? No, no, she did. She understood. She understand. She understood it. So uh, there was okay. I'm trying to make the story as short as possible. Pre quarantine, I was supposed to. We were supposed to go to Key West 
and I was going to meet her parents. I'm a traditional dude. I'm 36. So I was going to do the whole ask to hand in the marriage thing then. And then I was supposed to record an album in September. Uh, and I was going to propose to her then. Okay. Of course, COVID fucked all that up. As it so does to everything. Yeah, I, I got drunk. I just I told her, like, this is what I want to do, and it's not going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. All this other shit. I was like, well, we can still get married. Don't let this shit get in the way. So I dropped down on me, drunkenly, almost because I almost had to. You know? <laughs> it yeah. was more of an assist. <laughs> yeah, it was a stumble. A formality. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a genuflect. Uh, it was a, I'm going to fall over yeah. here. So I proposed to her. We were supposed to get married July 4th. Uh, because I want to just not have that stereotype of black black dudes being engaged for twenty years. Real quick, I've you never know. is that a stereotype for black guys? I didn't know that. Hell yes, Joe. All right. Yes, well it is. I don't it is. Let me just I wanna say one thing. And as a white dude, I don't really get involved in too much of this stuff. You know I me, mean? I consider myself one of the good ones. But every now and then <laughs> every now and then one of my black friends uh, you or, you know, I have three, uh, no, I'm kidding. But every now and then one of my black friends will say a thing where they go, you know how black people always do this. And I'm like, that's everybody. I don't think that's just you guys. Like Erica, Erica Nicole Clark, who's been on the podcast a million times. Everyone knows how much I love Erica. She had a post once or a tweet saying, you know, black people will put something in the microwave and keep adding time to it instead of just putting the original time or something. And I'm like, I do that. Every, everybody does that. That's not just a black thing. And then uh, I think yeah. I think a bunch of people commented going, yeah, I'm I'm Puerto Rican and I do that. And then she was like, oh, shit, all right, maybe it's just not us or something. I, I think that's how it did. This was like probably a year ago now. Yeah, but, 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 dude, I know white dudes have been engaged for fucking years. I'll say this. But, she was on the podcast a couple podcasts ago. Natasha Pearl Hansen was engaged for a couple years and then it just they broke it off. But they, she was engaged for three years i want to say so I, I don't know maybe it's a black thing i've not heard about i'm not i'm not taking away a stereotype that you apparently enjoy but i don't think that's just you I guys mean, uh yeah i mean of course of course you know some white people i know a few i a few yeah i know like two handfuls of two yeah. plus year engagements i know like 10 year engagements you know what i'm saying all right maybe Where it's it? maybe it's a black yeah. thing i don't know all right, but listeners, people in the, in the chat. Let's see. Let's see if I can name some people. James uh, Webb just joined in. James Zeng, whose name I'm, I hope I don't pronounce your last name wrong. Uh, Zambrano, Gary Lee. Uh, is is that a black thing, or do you guys think it's just everybody? I think it's just a dude thing. <laughs> We're like fucking lazy to get to the point where it's like, yeah. Hey. It, it, but no. It, so you it, you it, wanted to you wanted to you got engaged in what? Well, I forgot one month. April, you got engaged. April. And you wanted to get married July fourth, so you guys were probably going to go for like a small, chilled out ceremony then. We wanted us. We even before quarantine, COVID shit. We always talked about the spectacle of weddings are just over the top and ridiculous. It's about two people. That's it. You know. Sure. We don't want to. Yeah. So we all wanted that from from start from jump. Even before I proposed or any of this shit, we kind of both agreed in that. Uh, and then the problem was I told my in-laws about that and now it's their wedding so we're getting married yeah. august 19th where we could actually where the hopefully the bars will still be kind of opened up a little bit but, but to, i'll tell you this yeah go ahead get married during a, a, a pandemic well i'm already married i can't reverse time but I, i'll say I'm this man the, i'm gonna tell listeners out there oh, oh yeah good call yeah listeners listen only, to Ed. we only can invite 50 people 
That's so there, it. There's only keeps so it tight. much we can do. Uh, let me just say this, though, man. As someone who had over 200 people at his wedding, uh, it's not... Yeah, there's a lot of stress involved in planning a wedding, and the families do get involved, but that's okay because it's kind of a merger of two families. And then, you know, if um, if some people some people are fortunate enough where if you got some family helping out, people usually give money as gifts, and sometimes you can profit off of them a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, that's not what it's about, but it's it's cool, what, you know. That was about, but that's what that's what's happening because of my connections in comedy. You know, we have relationships with certain venues. And the venues really charge us nothing for the space. There's charges for the open bar, which, you know, the, the parents of the bride are covering that. And so, yeah, it, it, we might come out ahead a little bit. You probably will. Did you, you didn't see what I just did. I went to take a sip. There's, the cap is on it. I had a second one in Jesus reserve Christ. welling for me. Uh, yeah, I'm Christ, so. But here's a little fun thing. I can reveal this now because it's been the statute of limitations is up. It's been seven years, almost seven years. My seven-year wedding anniversary is at the end of the month, July 27th. It'll be seven years I've been married. Yeah. I, Timothy O'Toole's, where you and I produce Comedians You Should Know Together, which is the premier stand-up comedy show, not just in the city of Chicago, everyone, in North America, the whole continent. Yes. It's up Canada. I don't know if there is stand-up comedy clubs in Mexico. This, that's not like, you know, a race thing, because are Mexicans mm-hmm. a race? But it's uh, it's more I'm just not familiar. They I'm are, Joe. They are. I've never heard of the like culture of which people are like, you know. I like how careful white guys are. Is Mexican a race? Oh, my God. Am I getting canceled? Where Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. I got to I gotta respond to this text. Um, I'm what? live on Facebook and YouTube, so hopefully he doesn't see it because I think it's pretty cool. Uh, Chicago Cubs manager is just texting me, everybody. So. Oh, word. Well, since I'm already on a podcast, whatever the shit they want from you, I say, I got to bring a guest act. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I didn't get paid. I don't care. I just want to be there for the spectacle. It's weird with with baseball. I'm so excited baseball's coming back because I love baseball. It's my favorite sport, and it's just insane that. Like I hope that I hope that the Cubs seem to be doing a good job with protocol and the season, uh, like making sure all the players are healthy and everything like that. So I'm hoping um, I'm hoping it comes through. Uh, I gotta be. I gotta be honest. With you. I, was, I was mad at baseball this year because of the, them dragging their feet with everything. Dude, it was a bad a, look. It was a bad look. That should have been, a, as far as health protocols, that should have been the first sport back. It should have been oh, because it's an outside. I mean, outside. yeah. I, I played in I played softball in a softball league in Chicago today, everybody, and my wife was worried about it. She's been really wanting me to stay away from stuff. She won't let me go into bars, which you, you this isn't her being a live. bad person. She's a nurse, so she gets it. She's a nurse. Right. So who's but, more dangerous? You, you swinging a softball or her going to that German-fested hospital? Yeah, but the thing is, with nurses, though, they really, like, they're checking her temperature every day. They go through, like, almost like a, a metal medical detector in the sense yeah. that she had one friend where her friend went to wheel out a patient, and, you know, she went out through the thing, and when she was coming back through, uh, the alarm went off, and they wouldn't let her back into work. Because during, from the time she walked into the hospital at the beginning of her shift to that time, which was, like, a few hours later, her temperature spiked. And she was like, I felt fine. I didn't get it, but it went off. And then she, her friend ended up, they tested her and she had it. So uh, it's kind of like, I remember hearing, a, a, you know, you know, guys talk at a bar. I remember hearing this one dude being like, dude, who'd want to bang a porn star? They bang so many different people. It's got to be like, you know, it's, you have a cha- high chance of getting STD. It's like, no, dude, they test these actors and actresses constantly. It'd be, they'd be the safest people 
to have sex with. Just like yeah. having a nurse would be the safest in this time because they take like exactly they take right. all the proper protocols and they take you know all the right measures so that you don't get that shit. But um, hey, hood logic, the safest block to be on is the block that someone just got shot on. Yeah, or the safest day to fly would have been the nine twelve of two thousand one. Because exactly. what were the odds of that shit happening again? That sort of thing. So what's this? What's that? What's that text about, huh? Can, can he, he was just saying what's up. Bitch. He was talking to Ryan Dempster, who was on the podcast recently. I can't believe how rude this is. I'm responding to a text in the middle of a podcast, but it's kind of oh, late, yeah. so I want to respond now. No, no, I've been insulted before by your lack of alcohol. We're in the studio, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I got. I, I heard. I heard yeah. him say. <laughs> Um, I'm, just, I'm just saying glad you guys are keeping safe. Cool. Uh, my fault. Natasha's actually in the room with me right now, so. Yeah. Hey. Um, she can say what's up. Already, beer, already demanding fucking beers. Hey, I heard that she shit. She's going to say hello. She, oh, my goodness. No, you're going to say hi. Okay. All right, so here's the story. You um you drunkenly got down on one knee. How long have you two been together before you popped the question? Uh, a little over a year. A little over a year. You're both in your thirties. Is she in her thirties too? She no, looks no, late twenties to me. Twenty eight. All right, that's still a good age. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like one thing, like people don't they they miss the friend zone part about it. Everyone does. This is my fiance. Look at her. How are you? Good to see you. They can't hear you. We could hear you, but you can't hear us because he has headphones on. Yeah. I can hear you. Oh, you can? Okay. Yeah. Oh, you can? That's why I'm hearing feedback on your end, Ed. Because it's picking up from my... Yeah, I got AirPods in, so... Okay. That's fine. It's too late now. I'll do this All right. Kevin Callum just commented, Ed got engaged. Uh, Bring her back real quick. Bring Natasha back. I'm sorry. Come, Come back real quick. Well, are you? I, I got to see you at the UFC fight when we watched on Saturday night. Or were you a UFC fan beforehand, or is Ed getting you into it? No, or you or me? To you? No, I never watched it before the quarantine. That's more of a lack of sports than anything else. Ah, uh, well, did you enjoy watching it on Saturday? Yeah, no, I'm really into it. Yeah. Well, I was going to give you, I figured, because you guys were, like, we were social distancing in the yard, everybody, and you were way up front by the TV, and I was in the back. I had thought, because, you know, we didn't really get to talk about it, but I had thought that you'd been, like, a longtime UFC fan, because of the, I think, were there three or four women there, of the three or four women there, you were the only one that wasn't like, ugh, ugh, like, oh my god, I don't want to watch, every time it got real bloodied. That's, you were that's just like, yeah, that's cool. You're... That has nothing to do with UFC. It has to do with the lack of soul in this girl's heart. <laughs> Don't get those two confused. I'm well, glad you're settling down with her, bud. Yeah. No, no. Like, she, like, like we, we back. So back real quick. Let me backtrack with Joe. So I've known her for over eight years. You know. And yeah. So we, there's a foundation there. Yes. And we used to go. She came to my comedy shows when I wasn't shit. But I don't Wait, are you are you shit now? Okay. <laughs> I was under the impression that you were just some open mic house. Didn't I say that at the beginning? Yeah. Nah, <laughs> so, so, but we used to get up every Sunday and watch football. We had this uh, Bears fan and Tom Brady fans. We were both we both had that going on. And Bears fan, her father's from Chicago, grew up as a Bears fan. She's from Boston, so naturally that winning culture. 
you you can't deny it. And I just don't like the way I just don't like the way people disrespect Tom Brady his whole career, and he still think he ain't shit. Dude, I'm a big Brady fan. Yeah, how many Super Bowls got to win to get some fucking respect around here? You talk about the play to fucking football. People want to hate them because of the cheating allegations, which, from what we understand, a lot of the other teams are doing the same thing. Joe, and they were just the team that people picked on. Joe, they don't hate him for that. They hate him because his life is too awesome. I know he's he went from Bridget Moynihan, who's pretty damn hot, to Giselle Bunchin, who's Hall of Fame. She's all timer. Who makes? He's a six-time Super Bowl champion who's married to a supermodel wife who makes more money than him. How, though? How, I've, always, I've heard this, and I, I, I don't doubt yeah. you. I know it's a fact that she is worth like $300 million and he's worth like 250 or something. How does she make more? I don't understand. Do Miles get paid that much? I, mean, I need to look this up. Wants to. Yeah. The, I mean, she has a career senior contract. I don't know if she does anymore, but when she had those contracts, she probably did. Yeah, yeah when she, I don't know if she still does. That's something Victoria, I would have to check that out. You got to realize, Victoria's senior contracts, you know who they're selling to? They're selling to women. They're selling to men. They're selling to serial killers who jerk off to that shit. They're selling to young boys who jerk off to that shit. Well, the catalog's oh, free, by the way. Um, but oh, the, the merchant, sure. yeah, the catalog's for the merchant shows up in the mail, I, I think. Had no I had no idea. I had no idea. I, just, I, I know it got me through the ages of 12 to fucking 18 really smoothly. Well, she's been in some movies before. She is. Uh, she was in the movie Taxi with Queen Latifah, I believe, and Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if I can get like a net worth. I just don't understand where. Now I'm on her Wikipedia page, which probably won't show. It's just simply modeling campaigns where she just must must get a ton for. Um, she's a big philanthropist. She's Brazilian. Um, she's five foot eleven. Looks taller than that. Tall. Let's see here. Um, Environmental work. Yeah, she's an environmentalist. I know she's a big activist, which is nice. All right, personal life. From 2000 to 2005, Bunchin was... It doesn't even sound like a like Brazilian name. Maybe it's not. I don't think it is. But anyway, was in a relationship with Leonardo DiCaprio. Hold on, I'm going back to early life, because maybe it'll tell me where that last name's origin is. Does not sound... Let's see. Family and early life. Bunchin is Brazilian of German descent. See, I knew it was a German last name. Anyhow, yeah. all right, um... Because that doesn't sound like Latin to me. Or also, like, her ass does not look Brazilian at all. She's got a, It's a solid ass, though. She's not like a flat-butted model. Ass. No, the well, Brazilians also aren't 5'11". No offense, Brazilians, but I've never met a tall Brazilian. <laughs> I just haven't, and I know a few. To, white dudes got to tread carefully. <laughs> they can't even I know. I have to apologize for height. And what a fucking crime against humanity oh we're living right now. God. That's why I can't wait for fucking equality. I want every time I see an injustice, I'm like, write that injustice right now. Fix that injustice immediately. That way I could go on to saying shit without people twisting my words around and considering me some kind of devil. All right. In 2004, Bunch and DiCaprio made people's annual beautiful couple list. Well, no shit. All right. Well, when did she meet Brady? Um, in 2006, Boonchin started dating NFL quarterback Tom Brady after a mutual friend introduced him. Yeah, so they've been together for a while. They got married in 2009 in a small ceremony. Um, small ceremony. 50 Tom, people. Even kidding. Tom Brady speaks our language, bro. <laughs> well, I get it, like, you know, if you're super famous. But, all right, here's her wealth. In August of 2011, Boonchin ranked 60th on the Forbes list of the world's 100 powerful women. At age 31, she ranked third in the top 20 youngest power women of 2011. In 2011, Forbes also named Bunchin as the world's highest-paid celebrity couple with Brady together. August 20. Oh, so they out in 2011 they had a better year than Jay Z and Beyonce. That makes sense. Beyonce wasn't 
where she was now in 2011. Forbes yeah. ranked, I actually probably liked her better in 2011. Um, estimated Bunchen's income at 30 million in 2016. Maybe that's just from modeling. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not seeing, but I know there was one year in which she made more than him. You know what it was? Yeah. It was probably the 30 million she made that season, that year, and he probably had one of his discount years, but they weren't counting all of his yeah. endorsements and stuff like that. Because sometimes they'll pull that shit where they'll be like, oh, that athlete only made 12 million. I'm like, yeah, but they made another 75 doing like Hanes commercials and stuff like that, you know? Because yeah. Jordan, Michael Jordan famously, everybody. During like the first three Pete, I think his high salary was like four million dollars. Pippen actually in like '93 made more than Jordan. Um, and I know the whole Last Dance documentary was talking about how criminally underpaid Pippen was, and he was. Don't get me wrong, he was totally underpaid. Oh yeah. But uh, actually, for the for their careers, Pippen made more money as an NBA player than Jordan because he played like two more seasons. But they, even still, he shouldn't have made more for the two more seasons. It wasn't until the second three Pete where Jordan was getting like thirty million a year or something insane like that because they knew how underpaid he was. And before and he could use yeah, one year contracts because jordan wanted to know. win just like tom brady these guys who want to win have no problem yeah. being like i'll take the hit yeah. but then again That's i don't blame I'll... pippen because pippen's like i'm not the ace i'm not the number one i need to get paid because i can't fall back on you know wheaties and mcdonald's like jordan was at the time yeah that's dude that's why like i did not blame tom brady for leaving fucking the patriots yeah, as I think it's pretty that, cool that he did, actually. As great as that organization is, I just did not like the latter years of him, him not getting paid and then them not getting him any help. Yeah, I think all, there was a, a lack of, like, there was some sort of frustration on his end for sure, man. Yeah. I just remember that <laughs> there was a game last season where he was, like, looking, he was looking at his bum receivers. He was like, I need you guys just to be better. <laughs> Whatever that is. There's no one. There's no option. There's no like just. I think was out that one game. Give some separation or some shit, dude. The year and before, was... dude. The year before they got Randy Moss and Stallworth and Welker, he was like throwing. I mean, there was a playoff game. They made the playoffs still, of course. And this one dude was dropping catches left and right. The only receiver they had was Dion Branch, and he was getting double teamed. And even Dion Branch, at his best, is still number three, really. Yeah. Number two. Um, that was the thing. Whenever people compare Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, I'm like, Peyton Manning has Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, had Edgren James for a while. Like, he has way more weapons than yes. Brady. And Brady yes. then got, of course, Brady. And then the one year Brady had elite receivers in Moss and Stallworth, he was set. He set records. So, how yeah. many? How many times after that? Yeah, Gronkowski's elite. Um, and Aaron Hernandez was good before he started murdering people. Or maybe he was he was murdering people and good at the same time. Actually, I don't think it affected his play. He was murdering he was murdering people on the field, off the field. He just he you, you got to give off. him credit. You got to give Aaron Hernandez credit. The murdering did not slow down his production. Not Some people, when they take out a major side project like like you know homicide, <laughs> it's gonna affect it's gonna, how yeah. you focus on the plays. He didn't he didn't fuck up a single route. Right, he was always mm -hmm. on time, and that's why when that's why his teammates were like. I mean, he was asking us weird questions about bleach and stuff like that, but, you know, the dude clocks in and he shows up. He's a pro. He makes the plays. <laughs> good hands. You know, you Great look hands. the other way. You look the really other way. good hands. Like, really like, good hands. You know dude, man. You ever think about that? That's why I never believed, uh, look, I think your oldest Chapman was probably a little nutty, but, you know, the whole ac accusations against him, uh, he was suspended for like 30 games, but the police didn't arrest him because the police were like, oh, the stories weren't matching up and 
And then the one family member said, oh, she's lying because she got mad at him because she thinks he was cheating on him and all this stuff. And and then TMZ leaked the pictures. For those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, our oldest Chapman, he's a closer for the Yankees now, was with the Cubs when they won the World Series, almost shattered all my dreams. He was suspended. Everyone's like, he's a wife beater. And I was like, yeah, he probably is. He's a piece of shit. But then I read further into it. I'm like, wait a minute. She said that he was choking her, but then TMZ got the police photos because TMZ is like the FBI. They'll get anything. They yeah. they they break more information than the NFL does. Remember they got the Without Ray Rice elevator. Yeah. it's insane how the stuff TMZ gets I their hands on. I'm about that Kobe shit. Like you could at least had a representative reach out to his wife first before saying that shit. Yeah, no, I'm not saying they're good in what they do. Yeah, they're good at being scumbags for sure. That's what I really mean to say. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I saw the TMZ photos of her neck because like police took pictures of her neck and there's not a single mark. And I'm thinking this dude throws 105 miles an hour. He's, cons- he's he's thrown the fastest, like the 10 fastest pitches in recorded history are from this guy's arm. And you mean to tell me he choked you, but there's not a single mark on you? That's like one of those things where I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Because I thought to myself, Aaron Hernandez being a 6'5", wide receiver, professional athlete, he it would take him 30 seconds to choke someone out to death. Where me and you, 35, because we're great athletes. But the average person <laughs> might take a full minute. A full yeah. minute, you know? Yeah. I think about that. But, yeah, back to Brady, though. How many losers, and I, I'm not being mean when I say this, but how many no-name white guys did he make look great because he's a good quarterback that yeah. were trash in other places and trash after him? Yeah. It was like he, I was like, he made a – this is an old bit I had. I was like, he, he – uh, Danny Amendola. He, oh, he's yeah. fucking great. Like, I mean, so he, much yeah, trash that he, he made look good. He won – yeah, he won a Super Bowl. He came back from a Super Bowl. The fucking Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl with four white wide receivers. Who the fuck can do that shit? Yeah, and look, Gronkowski's elite, of course, but the rest of that team, man, there was just some guys who were like, Chris Hogan, really? Chris Hogan is is getting NFL snaps? Even Amendola was, like, on his downside. And even his best years with, like, what, the Rams, he wasn't anything, like, overly special. Rams and, wait, wasn't he with Miami, too? I think so. I forget because I know Walker's with Miami, and those two are Maybe so interchangeable. Yeah. Like, if Wes Walker walked into your room, like, into your apartment right now and said, hi, I'm Danny Amendola, you'd be like, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. You're probably him. I don't oh, fucking know. Yeah. I, I know you're one of those guys. There's just, they had a lot of I know you're dudes. an undersized white dude. That's the thing. There was no tall white guys. Like, when you did that shit to Atlanta, these were all, like, M, uh, fucking, not Amendola, uh, fucking, what's his name? Made that incredible catch inches away from the grass at Super Bowl against Atlanta. Oh, uh, uh, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman. Who's, gra- who's awesome, but I don't know how good he's, he's going to be awesome. without Brady. How good is he without Brady, no, though? He'll be, he'll be, no, because his route running is incredible. He he is, he's a great across the middle running, guy. Yeah, yeah. That was the only good thing about last season other than Brady. He was the yeah. only guy who showed up for work. Yeah, and, it, and also he had apparently had separated ribs the whole season. Yeah, he was. Brutally injured. Mm-hmm. Did not make all the games, and the games he didn't make, they lost. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's no. It, I I am excited. I I am equally excited for the Patriots because I love the way their organization runs. Yeah, that Cam Newton signing was perfect. As a Bears fan, I'm jealous of that one because that's like the perfect low risk, high ceiling. 
He's only guaranteed like a million bucks, which is nothing for an NFL payroll. And if he's the old Cam Newton, because we forget Cam Newton was only two years away from being an average quarter, above average quarterback. He was banged up last year, and so he wasn't good. But the year before, he had a solid 2018 above average player. Why not go boom or bust? Because that's where teams like the Bears and all those mid-tier teams are perpetually, perpetually mediocre. They always have this thing where it's like, all right, well, if all the stars align, maybe we'll go 12-4. and four. But more likely than not, we're going to go 7-9, and nine, which gets you a shit draft pick next year. You're picking 14th or some dumb pick that is not a franchise-changing pick. Where the Patriots are going with, if it's if he is the Cam Newton from two years ago, we could be a playoff team in the fucking uh, in the East. And yeah. if he's not, if he's awful, then we're drafting one next year. That's where you want to yeah. be, and that's why they're a smart franchise. They did a smart thing yeah. where they kept their quarterback protected. They always spent their most money on the offensive line, and Brady would change his contract to keep some of those dudes because he wanted to be protected, of course. But he did get frustrated because they weren't drafting right. In the early going, they were drafting right, picking and choosing guys where it's like, all right, look, yeah, Corey Dillon was one of their best running backs for a while who was a real elite player for a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. But even their running backs over the last few years are guys that I it's think are just trash. good for the system. Yeah, I like James White enough though. James White's good. He's all right. Yeah, you're probably right, but that, like, but... like what, 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 like Pro Bowl offensive weapon has Brady? Even when he won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah, two years ago, all he had was Edelman. There was and and yeah, Edelman was the guy. Like, Gronk was banged up, so yeah. He made one catch that game. How many minutes did he play in that? He played. He played a lot, but he was not significant at all. Uh, yeah. So did you enjoy? Let me ask your uh, soon to be wife though. I want I want to get your opinion. Your first time watching UFC pay per view. What'd you think? Oh no no no! She's been watching UFC pay per view. Oh, she's been watching. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The whole quarantine's been watching UFC because there's no sports. So that's true. I watched a before then, but I got into it during quarantine because there's nothing else. Who and who do you I like? Who's your fighter? A great sport. I should know anything about it before I know enough to be mm-hmm. that. Yes. Yeah, who's your fighter? Who's my fighter? I mean, Nunez. Amanda Nunez, man. I, I think I mentioned this to you, Ed. I really wish like the feminist movement would recognize Amanda Nunez because they always talk about like a the le- inequality in sports. Destroying shit. A right dominant now. lesbian who, when she's on the pay-per-view, is I think her last three pay-per-view appearances, she's been the highest-paid athlete because she gets the bonuses. She already has a high base pay. And she wins, like, Fight of the Night. She wins, like, all the bonuses you can get. She gets them because she's so dominant. Like, you know, best finish and all that kind of stuff. And that's the difference between UFC and regular boxing. I think UFC athletes are fighters. They're athletes. I don't know why I corrected myself on that. Are grossly underpaid compared to other sports. Like, in the NBA and NFL and baseball, they usually get around 50% of the revenue. I think UFC gets, like, 18 to 20%. But one of the yeah, things that Dana White was smart with was the bonuses. Because incentives. incentives, which I think are great, because you talk to boxing fans, and some and some of them are just there's look. I like boxing. I respect boxing. It's a fun sport to watch as well. But some of them are so like they're like old school or like not old school, but they just don't get like that UFC is different in how it's operated because mm-hmm. they've gotten burned by bad promoters so often. I remember talking to someone. They're like. Oh, maybe they were just dragging the fight out, you know, to keep it going. That way to give the fans something. I know, no, dude. In UFC, no. if you knock a guy out in the first round, you get more money. That's yeah. not. It's not like boxing where a guy's gonna just fucking phone it in for eight rounds just to like 
you know, for gambling reasons or so that the crowd is like happy. No, they'll go in there and try to start you in the first fucking period, which I, th- or first round, which I think is way better. Like it's mm-hmm. more of an incentive to do stuff like that. And when I've told this to boxing fans, they go, oh shit, yeah, that's actually a good idea. So many boring ass boxing matches have we watched where the two guys are just prancing around for the first four, pe- for four, I keep saying periods for some reason, the first four rounds where you're like, just fucking hit them. Go for it. Take a risk. Yeah. Try to lay them out. And that's obviously Floyd Mayweather is a Floyd Mayweather is a way, way better boxer than Conor McGregor. But I do get annoyed when people were saying he could have ended in the first if he wanted to. I'm like, no, he couldn't have. No. Floyd Mayweather doesn't have knockout power like that. He ended no. it executing an amazing strategy in which he knew he was like Conor McGregor has bad and bad stamina. He has bad stamina in UFC. That's gonna transfer yeah. over big time in boxing go, because it's a different go sport. Fifteen rounds. How many rounds were going that match? Was it fifteen or twelve? I think it was twelve, but he was like yeah. I think he even said he's like, I thought he would, you know, fade around the eighth or ninth or something like that. And he got him in the tenth. And he was like, I'm gonna let him tire himself out, shoot a shot, and then when he can't hold his hands up anymore, I'm gonna blast away at him. And it worked. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't going to do that in the first round because everyone was like, oh, he would have done it in the first round, but he wanted to give the fans a show. I'm like, no, he, no way. he hasn't knocked anyone out. He just doesn't, that's not his skill. And, and, his and, skill and is me, defense. And let me tell you this one thing about that fight that I think no one really gets credit for to Connor. Connor has a top five cleanest hits on Mayweather in his whole career. Yeah. He hit him with a left uppercut, and Mayweather was like, oh, and that's when Mayweather was like, all right, I'm done with this dude. And it's just like, I. I'm done. I gotta end this right now. And that was the that was the fourth work. round, and I don't think or third or fourth round. And Connor didn't win a round after that because Connor won the th- mm-hmm. first three or four, which a lot of people were like, "Well, Mayweather was just kind of downloading the information, trying to figure out what his style was or what he was going to do." What, 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 which what is Mayweather smart. Usually does. No, Mayweather, Mayweather does. He is like a computer where it's like you know what? Going back to Marvel, remember in a uh, spoiler, everybody in. Um, in Civil War, in Captain America's Civil War, when Captain America is just fucking blasting away at Iron Man and, and messing him up, and Iron Man's computer Friday was like, you can't beat him hand-to-hand. You're, good, you're losing. And yeah. then he was like, download the tech, download the pattern. And then he kind of figured out a pattern, and then he was able to fucking, you know, I think he like blasted Captain America, but he was getting fucked up. And I think that's yeah. kind of how Mayweather has always been. And that's why a lot of people hate Mayweather because he's he's kind of boring. A lot of his fights have been boring because he goes out there and if doesn't it, do much. If you're, if you're a boxing fan, not even a like I don't consider myself a boxing uh, enthusiast, but if you're a boxing fan, Neither. you appreciate what that guy does. The lack of the this guy in his whole career has probably took him seven really shots, like real fucking rock shots. Only seven out of what fucking fifty fights. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Out of 47 fights, last three was fucking bullshit. McGregor, that Japanese nigga across the fucking... Oh, yeah, they didn't even even count that one. That doesn't go on his record. That was just a fake, yeah, like... Well, because it was against a a guy who was a kickboxer specialist who was like 5'2", and he wasn't allowed to kick. So what the fuck is that? That's like the stupidest thing. He was was Because Mayweather's at the point where he's not going to do anything to make him look bad. Remember there was a rumor where he posted a picture of himself on Instagram with UFC gloves on, and everyone's like, he's going to do it. They're going to do it. And and everybody who was an MMA analyst was laughing. They're like, no, he's not. He's never going to get into the octagon with Conor McGregor. Are you people insane? That's never going to happen. Why would Mayweather risk that? He's 41 years old. He's 50-0. Why would he get into the octagon to get absolutely destroyed? 
That's just yeah. how that would work. It's just they're different sports. Um, like the best boxer in the world, if he fights an MMA fighter in a street fight, the MMA fighter most likely would win. I'm not saying always because, you know, obviously really good boxers probably know what they're doing too. But if you no, put in the rules of getting kicked no in the – Yeah, I probably agree with you there. It's just a different no – yeah. it's a different it's a animal. Different, it's a different thing, yeah. People were – No, no, we didn't talk about that Oh, that's be cool. But, yeah, I, but here's something you'll find interesting, though. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Ed. But I'll forget this otherwise. I'm sorry. Someone uh, tweeted that, like, LeBron James, imagine if he, like, trained in MMA, how badass he'd be. And I'm like, listen, though, LeBron James is a great athlete, one of the greatest athletes of all time. It's just a different world, though. I'm not, maybe he'd be great. I don't know. But to assume he'd be amazing is kind of dumb because it's a, what is it? What do you got? I got to cut you off. John Jones Bones is what happens if, if LeBron James did MMA instead of fucking basketball. Because John Jones' brother is a fucking quarterback in the NFL. So they're breaded athletes. And John, John Jones is untouchable. He is a freakish. But it's all about focus. If, if LeBron approached uh, basketball or MMA the same way he approached basketball, yeah, he would be dominant. 100%. I look though, look though, in any in LeBron James, if he would put his focus on any team sport, he would be elite, elite, elite. Yeah. But combat sports are different. I've seen amazing athletes get punched in the face and not know how to react. It's a different mental thing, is what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not. Look, he could. He very well could be John Jones, but he very well could be a guy where it's like I. I don't. I'm not used to getting hit in the face. What's happening? I don't know how to. You know what I mean? You could train and be the best athlete in the world, but you take one kick to the shin and you're not prepared for it, and then you get popped in the fuck. It's just a little different right. is what I'm saying. So I, I think I think you're approaching the question a little. Like, I hear it as if LeBron James, like, instead of, if LeBron James went to MMA instead of, like, we fell in love with, whenever he fell in love with basketball, if he had that same love for MMA at that time, that's what I hear it as. You're taking it as LeBron James on how to get punched in the face. But at this time, he would have... He would have been training, so he got used to it. All right. Yeah, yeah. No, yes, I got you on that. Yes. I got you on that. Because John Jones is an athlete, athlete. He's a fucking freak, dude. Like, And I don't see anyone... He The only person that can beat John Jones is John Jones. He's proven that by now. Fucking punching people, getting in car accidents with pregnant bitches and leaving them behind. You know, it's just... It's, it's a yeah. shame too, because I like that guy a lot. In interviews, yeah. I like him a lot. He just doesn't know how to get. He just has to stay out of trouble. The last video I saw him in, where he was he was stopping people from like rioting, or so he tried he stopped someone from looting. Someone was trying to loot, and he like stopped them from it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with John Jones for a second there before Jorge Masvidal fought, and we can talk about that fight in a second. I thought, okay. McGregor has announced his retirement for the third time, which no one really buys or whatever. No, no, but, yeah, I don't buy it. I, 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 I do believe when, him when he said he was bored, though, or he's just uninterested. I could see him being uninterested because I know McGregor was unhappy with the fact that b- before Gaethje stepped in to fight Ferguson, McGregor wanted to fight Gaethje, and Gaethje wanted to fight McGregor. There was, it was Talks were, were starting. But Dana White squashed it immediately because with the pandemic going on, he goes, I don't want to waste Conor McGregor for an empty arena. When Conor fights, we make insane, insane amounts of money. So I can't have a Conor McGregor fight for nobody. It's a waste of Conor Sorry. McGregor. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Is that a cat. dog or cat? That's oh, the cat. 
I can't tell. I just saw a big clump of fur. It's a good looking cat. But I, 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 I was saying, nice. I, I, so I think that Connor kind of got pissed off by that. Gaethje steps in, looks great against Ferguson. He gets the title shot. Now he's got to wait even longer. Connor, at the end of 2019, said, I want to fight three times in 2020 because I realize I'm at my best when I'm constantly fighting, which is true. If you look at the years yeah. in which he fought three times or more, 2014, 2015, 2016, he was fucking great. So, and, you know, you take MMA is not a sport. You take a year off, you fight, you take another two years off, you fight. It just. That's not boxing. No, you can't be crisp like that. It just, it just doesn't work. So I think that's when he got pissed off and frustrated. But then when I saw John Jones being like, pay me more. And then Jorge Masvidal was like, fuck, dude, I need some money too. I started wondering, hmm, McGregor has that McGregor sports and entertainment like thing licensed or whatever that he did when he uh, like co-promoted with Mayweather and UFC for that big Mayweather-McGregor uh, bout. I'm wondering, if I'm kind of McGregor, I hit up Jorge and I hit up John Jones going, let's start our own shit. What do we need Dana for? We could set our own promotion. I got it under license like this. But I know hey, that they hey, have like contracts hey, with UFC where they probably have no happen. compete. Never, you know why? Because Amanda Nunez is getting paid. She's happy. McGregor's getting paid. He's happy. The only reason why, happy the only reason now. why McGregor, you know, you know why? Because McGregor legit thinks he is the UFC. He which he was. Which he, he still is. His, the, the money says he still is, man. I mean, it's night and day yeah, for his but, fights compared to other but, ones. Although Masvidal is getting up there. Whenever they have a successful card without him, he acts out. And he does that just to draw attention back to him to protect his brand. I know, I get that, but he didn't. He said shit after this last one. This last pay-per-view was the highest one since ESPN took over. No other sports is helpful, but when, when uh, McGregor and Cowboy back in January... Disney released a statement saying, because Disney owns ESPN, obviously, saying that we had 500,000 new ESPN Plus subscriptions plus a million buys, which was insane numbers when you combine them together. Because, look, even if people do that, like, one-week free trial, you know how many people forget to cancel the credit card and they're like, well, I guess I have ESPN Plus now? All the time. That's why the the one-week free trial is, like, the biggest thing that, that rips people off in anything. All these companies do... Try it for free one week because they know so many people are too lazy to go back into the fucking website, look for how to cancel and unsubscribe because it's just like whatever. Especially when something's only like four or five ninety nine a month, they just they deal with it. This last pay per view though, it did like a million two, so it actually beat McGregor's in January unofficially. Yeah. We haven't heard official statements yet, but that was what the rumor being floated around is. But um, it didn't get as many new subscriptions. So that means like the people who are already subscribed were like, all right, I'm going to check this one out yeah, because it was a great why? card. Because it was fun. It was a good card. Because the, the main event fans, was boring though. Real fight fans are going to watch that shit. Yes. But Gregor is such a spectacle where people are like, I got to see what this motherfucker is doing. And he made it work. Did that fight, mm-hmm. he, he delivered. Like it was mm-hmm. so short, but it was fascinating. Yeah. And his fans loved that. They're like, he beat him in 40 seconds. Fuck yeah. Gaethje had fought Cowboy before and didn't look as dominant as McGregor did against him. I mean, Gaethje still destroyed him, but because Gaethje does that. I, look, I think great Gaethje's an amazing fighter, and I can't wait to see him versus Habib because he's got a great wrestling background. He prefers to stand up and go, but he'll be able mm-hmm. to guard against it. I wish Dana White would swallow his pride. Because Dana White is... The, the closest thing to Vince McMahon ever, where he's right, fuck everyone else, all those shit. 
what he should do. Like, uh, Khabib is not even a real option. You can't get this thing out of Germany right now. Or Russia. Russia. You can't get you can't get this thing out of Russia right now at all. So what you do is you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that sentence right there, and that's great use of the N word that white people just can't can't get this N word out of Russia. It's just a funny sentence. It just is, and that's where that's. I never want to say that word, but every now and then when a comedian spins one of those, I'm like, fuck. We need an equivalent, damn it, because it's so good. It's such a fucking just instantly. I don't know. It's funny, man. It's a good line. You, all right, I'll, I'll help you out. You can't get this red skin out of Russia right now. <laughs> I can't say anything. I have to be. I have to make fun of like a physical feature. You can't get this fucking um, Cro-Magnon man out of Russia or something because he looks like it. Dude, his hairline starts here. Here's his yeah. eyebrow. His hairline's here. He definitely looks like. You know they had like that that's why, like. That's um, why he wears that furry hat to cover it up. Yeah, he's like the missing link. You know that like evolution thing where it shows how we went from like monkey to like walking upright. He's just below the walking upright in terms of like how the head looks. Yeah, he de he definitely has one of those heads, and that's what makes him so dominant. Is there's been other elite elite wrestlers? I mean, Habib didn't win a gold medal. There's been gold medalists who have wrestled. Um, I mean, Habib's elite, elite um, but there's been better wrestlers than him that have gone into UFC. But I I think yeah. he's got the jaw. He's got an insanely good jaw combined with the wrestling, which is why he's he's undefeated. But that's why I can't wait to see Gaethje, who fucking could crack guys with strong jaws and right. has the takedown defense. That's but what you Gaethje, want to see. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Gaethje, I want to get. I want to finish this thought before I forget about it. Dana White should go to fucking McGregor's house and suck his dick. He'll never do that. No, but he should won't. go there and and, and like because that's a lot of money. Gaethje versus McGregor, and the winner of that fights fucking Khabib. That's two fights blocked out that you can fucking make money off of. Because McGregor's name is going to lift Gaethje up enough to sell Gaethje versus, if Gaethje wins, Gaethje versus Khabib. You know? Yeah. No, it makes it, uh, it makes him an elite name for sure. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's already been a guy who's been on the rise. It's going to be interesting with Khabib because they haven't announced a date for that. They've been saying, like, oh, October. But that was. They can't because they don't know of his travel. Also, his dad just died. His dad, who was the guy who trained him and taught him everything. I mean, he's insanely close relationship with his father, which was it was great. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of respect to Habib there for the relationship he had. But I just don't. I don't see Habib's a guy that said he only wanted to fight a few more times anyway. Now that his dad's gone, I don't see him rushing to get back into anything. Because he's probably depressed. He might. I don't know what's going to stop from retiring. Because a, he doesn't know when he can. Also, like, does he do does he do a Jordan where it's like I want to win on Father's Day, or does he have a thing where it's like my dad saw me, you know, defend the belt at twice my at my top. I'm 28 and 0. This is this is what's gonna happen, you know. Uh, Gary Lee says that Dana is driving Stipe out. Uh, I'd hate to see that. I mean, Dana's Why weird with certain me? fighters, man. Certain Why fighters he embraces, other ones. Yeah, I don't know, Gary. You might have to elaborate on that a little bit more in the comments. And, yeah, uh, maybe we'll see, get to Steve them. Stipe's fighting uh, DC, right? He's fighting DC, but yeah, I don't know why he'd be. 19, uh, 15? And that's what they wanted. Yeah, and, and I know both fighters. Why would you DC went out in a headliner, in a headliner pay per view. Yeah, Stipe's definitely gained some uh, support over the last mm -hmm. couple. Beating DC was huge, you know. Um, because DC was only lost to John Jones before that, and John Jones tested positive, so a lot of DC backers were like, "Well, maybe well, John, you know." John Jones tests positive for all kind of shit. Dick That's Mills, true too. Cocaine. And, but you know how it like, is, like, man. Rarely, like 
how many times he popped? It was like it was like twice for fucking performance enhancing drugs. Everything else was him getting his dick sucked in Vegas or just having fun, you know. Some of that nose candy, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, man, he's into it. I I just look at it this way though: with a lot of these fighters, so much of it is it's like anything in the world of entertainment. It's your brand. How do you save face? Um, the reason McGregor never really lost fans was because his two losses, one was to Nate Diaz at 170, and Nate Diaz is a very popular guy. His other was to and Khabib, who was undefeated. Was at 170. Yeah, his and his and other McGregor loss jumped up weight. Yeah, yeah, he jumped up and he didn't back down. And he could have easily said, "No, I don't want to fight this guy. I, I was supposed to fight this person," and he had, he had the power to do that at the time. And he was always like, he never you know backed down from a challenge and everything like that. And then he lost to Habib, who was undefeated and an absolute beast on two years off. And even in his boxing, he loses to Mayweather, who's considered one of the greatest pound-for-pound fighters of all time. So he never, in a sport that wasn't his main sport, so he never really hurt his brand. Masvidal was smart. Jorge Masvidal was really smart to take this fight on short notice. Because if he loses, he doesn't lose fans because his fans were like, hey, at least he stepped up. And then he he gets the rematch. Yeah, dude, he, it was a fucking smart move. These guys are smart with the they're really not, smart ones with keeping their brand. Gonna, you know, they're not gonna run the rematch right away, though. I'll tell you that right now, Joe. No, they gotta wait. I want. I wanted to build up the hype a little bit Mazzadol too. Masvidal got it. Masvidal got to get another fight in him to uh, reestablish his brand. And well, Usman the other day said he wants the rematch as soon as possible. Usman's even saying he wants the Dana's rematch. Dana's not gonna have that. Oh, Dana's Dana a is, fucking idiot with that stuff, man. Strike while the iron's hot. Is it really hot though? For I I think casual, so. For for maybe not. Fan? Maybe not for the casual fan, but they just saw this guy get stomped on for five rounds, and like why? And, and they don't know the backstory about this guy dropping twenty pounds, taking the fight at late notice. But I think the casuals bought that fight not for Usman. They bought it for Masvidal. They bought it to root for him. Yeah. So that means I think they'll come back for him. It was fun to see. I ne- I don't hate Usman. I don't have a, anything against Usman. I typically don't I like do. wrestlers. I, well, I want to get to that because it was really cool to see. Usman, um, I don't like... Look, Habib's great, and I can admit it. And I know a lot of, like, we were talking about before where it's like true boxing fans respect what Mayweather does. Sure, I respect wrestlers because it's very difficult i wrestled for a year in high school some really good friends of mine were like went on to the college level they were like obsessed with that sport here's the thing as much respect as i have for wrestlers it is boring as fuck there's a reason that greco-roman olympic style high school wrestling style non-wwe style i should say is not on television because nobody would fucking watch it like, the only state that will show it, or like Iowa and Nebraska will show the Big Ten tournament. Every other Big Ten state is like, no, I don't fucking care. And they, it's just not. It's not entertaining. It's two guys hugging each other for minutes at a time. It's dull. And that's what guys like Usman and Habib do. That's why they don't really draw big numbers unless they're fighting a McGregor or a Masvidal. Now, I never hated Usman, though. Now, what was fun about watching at your place was realizing, shit, a lot of people really hate Usman, and let me hear why, because apparently you've got a list of reasons. He is a bitch to the definition of it. Like, the way he walks around with his big dick energy, but he's not that guy. So, like... He's got a little dick? Is that what you're saying? um, I mean, he's Nigerian, so his dick's probably big, but... There's got to be one Nigerian guy with with a little dick, right? Oh Statistically, my, no, has, no. one. They 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 kill him from a clan. Yeah, they're dead. 
That is a historical fact. Look it up. <laughs> they will not allow any little big Nigerians. That's it. They fucking just... ask them. No, it, it's just like um, it's like little shit. So, like for example, they did a they did a press conference after uh, Jorge Masvidal fought Ben Askren, right? Yeah. Wow. And then like they're, they're they're asking him questions like, uh, who do you think you should fight next? Should it be this guy, this guy, Jorge Masvidal? He said, who? He said he said that to the guy that got the and Jorge had no smoke with this nigga. Yeah, he wasn't calling him out. He was just being so disrespectful to a guy that got the fastest knockout in UFC history. I still right? was shocked when I watched that fight. When he yes. need Askren in the head, and it was, I couldn't believe how quickly that ended. It was over with. And I, I had a good feeling because Masvidal was so like he just looked smiling and hanging out against the back of the cage. Yeah. Like, hey, what do you got? What do you got? And just looked so relaxed and chilled, like that big fucking grin on his face. And then all of a sudden, did like a little, and then right when the whistle blew, did full speed through the fucking knee, and dude was, I thought he was dead. I'm like Askren died, oh, he was done. and then he was done. that the only reason I got annoyed with the showboating. I didn't like the showboating right afterwards, even though there was so much shit talk between them going on leading oh, up man. to it. Yes, the reason I didn't like it at first because I literally thought he was dead. I'm like, dude, this, this is a bad look because you're you're alive. mocking a dead person. Once he was alive, it was like, all right, fine, thank God. Because yeah. in my head, I'm like, dude, Askren's got kids, and his his dad was just just got killed. So their dad's dead, and the guy's mocking a dead person. That's what I thought. Those were all the thoughts going through my head. And I remember being like, ah. And I was rooting for Jorge going into it, because Askren came into the UFC cocky as fuck. And I remember going like, oh, God, we don't need Habib at 155, Askren dominating 171. You know, 189, luckily, Israel's exciting. Um, and then, you know, we don't need I – don't, I just don't want it to become a wrestling every, – every wrestler is the one that dominates each division. Because it's just right. a little bit boring to me, you know? Yeah. And, and I think no. the rules favor wrestlers, actually. Uh, I mean... In a way, they do. I remember one time watching a fight where I mean, the one, the wrestler was on top and he switched positions and the guy bought him threw a knee up and kneed the wrestler while the wrestler was on top. And they, like he got a warning. They're like, yeah, you're not allowed to knee the guy depends. while... And I'm like, while fuck that, dude. He's hugging your knee. knee. Yeah, yeah, because no, you can't no, knee a guy in a down position, which you should yeah, be able to if they're trying to hug your nuts. Oh no no no! We're gonna talk about UFC. You you like? Do you have Fight Pass? You don't have Fight Pass. I don't have Fight Pass now, but I, I I watch YouTube videos all the time. But I would like I, I probably should get fight, a Fight Pass. You see some of the most brutal shit in Fight Pass. Anyways, back to this nigga Usman, right? So in in the ring when they both get announced, Usman and Masvidal in the ring, they come out and then and then literally Kamar Usman goes. 70% when he gets his name announced, talking mad shit like, I'm about to fuck you up. Now, Joe, what happened at the fight? Did Usman fuck him up, or did he just do some bitch shit like punch him and step on his toes for five rounds straight? Yeah, man, my toes still hurt from watching that. He just kept stomping yeah. on his feet, and yeah. he, he got and a couple then, nice and elbows then, in, but... And then, and then the whole, his whole attitude was like, I'm about to fucking kill you. Like, no, you didn't, nigga. He just aggressively hugged this motherfucker. For fucking 25 minutes. That's all you did. And now, yes, you won. You won. But that shit you were talking before does not match the way you fight in the ring. It's some pussy shit. Like, 
keep it real 100%. Have some respect for the fighter you're fighting and do that shit. I'll look at you differently. I'm like, you know what? You're a respectable fighter. But don't come like, yeah, no one wants that smoke with me because I lay niggas out. And you ain't that dude that be laying motherfuckers out. You hug and stomp on toes. Those guys who wear a chair each other, but they hugged it and around it. Mm-hmm. So much respect. It's like, yeah. you're a great fighter. I'm trying to kill you, but you're a great fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. It's, I mean, it was fun. To, I mean, it was, the whole pay per view was fun. And I'm glad you, thanks again for having uh, everyone over for it. Oh, yeah. It, it was slightly it, it, interesting. It, it, I did have a one moment where I'm like, dude, come on, Joe. I had a moment because when the fight was starting, I was a little taken back because all of the black people watching the fight hated Usman and part of me was like I thought maybe you guys would have rooted for him but then I'm like come on Joe you I hate plenty of white athletes it's not always about that you know it's why why would you root for him just because he's black that's stupid and I'm I I was embarrassed and I want to admit that to you yeah Yeah, I know we we like real shit and the moment we see fakeness of somebody like fuck this guy like uh fucking Mazadol he's a real motherfucker this beef he has with people is legit. He's not out here beefing with everybody like Nate Diaz. He didn't beef with him at all. It was a no, he didn't. They, they respect yeah. each other. Yeah, they like each other. Yeah. Or, I mean, I don't yeah. they like, but they definitely respect each other's style. 100%. So, like, uh, Usman is the fakest champion out of all the rankings right now. Yeah, I mean, I just want to get rid of all the ones that don't, that aren't exciting I want exciting fighters. I want authentic. And even if you're now, not exciting, be authentic. I am a little annoyed that fucking... Um, uh, hey, what's up? Uh, throw it across the screen there. Um, oh, I am excited. You, you Jai. see it? Jai, Jai is yeah. the shit. I love Jai. Jai, uh, Jai helped me out because I did do something. You know what I mean? Like Sometimes you have to own when you do stupid shit. I made a post... On uh, Twitter, sorry, this is a little, I'm going, I'm segueing out of the UFC talk for a second here. Where, what the fuck did I say? I said something like, um, I support Black Lives Matter, of course, but. Oh, um, God. Uh, Black, the that, the, <laughs> no, it wasn't, no, it was that's a bad start. It sounds like a bad start. Yeah. You have to, it wasn't a but. Well, any but in that sentence is always going to be weird. Hey, I think hey, that's what it was. Joe, it was something hey, like, Joe, let, Joe, let, well, I'm, go ahead. I'm going to say right now, every black person. Reads that shit, and when they get the butt, like, oh, this nigga. <laughs> no, I don't think it was, I don't think it was, I, I can't remember what it was. Jai will remember, though, because she commented, like, hey, I know you're joking, but I'd delete this. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Uh, I don't think it was, like, something as cheesy as to start with that. I think it was something like, uh, we'll, I can't remember what it was, but the, the ending was, but you guys have to stop with the white people don't season their chicken bullshit. It was something like uh, that. Because, dude, there was a stretch. You know, and, and I always have to remind people that what you see on your Facebook, Twitter timelines is not what other people see. Because I'll get into it with people where they're like, oh, dude, you see what's happening here? I'm like, no, that's your shit. I'm telling you. Because I got a friend of mine who's like, no, dude, young people young people are into socialism now. And I go, maybe the young people you see, but I know a lot of, I see a lot of 23-year-olds who all think, fuck that shit. So, I mean, it's, anyway, though. Um, yeah, Jai remembers. She says, oh, yeah, I remember. But my point was, I, I went on Twitter, and, like, every other post was, like, white people don't season their chicken. And I'm like, where? Like, I get it. Like, obviously, 
as far as like ethnicities go, black, Hispanic, white, we're probably the worst at seasoning chicken. But I grew up eating barbecue chicken. I grew up on Cajun chicken. Cajun people are white. Last time I checked, I and I'm not. I don't mind, dude. White people, we deserve to get made fun of for a lot of shit. Do not get me wrong. But that one, I'm like, oh my god, that's like the go-to. Dude, became, it's like the airline well, food of jokes. It's like it's been yeah. said to death. Go to Memphis. Go to okay. Memphis. Yeah, I've never been to Memphis. Yeah. I've driven through it. No, M- Memphis. 90% of the people that cook your food is white and it's seasoned well. Yeah, I mean, and again, I don't give a fuck, dude. Look, there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of, like, you know, white people, we don't handle spice nearly as well as um, Hispanic, black, Indian. Like, you know, we're not even close to the other cultures when it comes to handling spice. I own that. I think a lot of the jokes are funny. But, dude, it's like any topic. If you just see it over and over and over again, you're like, it's hack. It's hack now. And that's oh, just yeah. how that goes. It, be- it becomes like a hacky topic. That was just my sure. point. But Jai was right. Deleting it was smart. Uh, white people ah. snap when it comes to casseroles, though. See, I never, I didn't grow up in a casserole house. I believe you, though. I definitely believe Jai when she says that. I'll uh, flip this flash right there. Samantha, hey, shout out to Samantha Berkman, uh, former producer of Camp. I don't think she lives anymore because she lives in New York. She used to make these casserole cups. Green bean casserole cups. Green bean casserole Yeah, whenever I barbecue, she would bring green bean casserole cups. That was fire. And I was just like, "Yeah, I'm not a casserole is, guy." So, oh Jesus Christ! If you haven't found the right one, that's all it is. I know. I mean, I need to have a good casserole. I'm not. I just didn't, you know, grow up with casseroles. Also, though, as a white dude, as a white dude, you had a casserole. That, that's kind of hard. Yeah, it's kind of hard to justify that shit. They yeah, but you know what it is? Not so much of a casserole. It was it was an elevated take on a casserole. It was not. No, still the same. Oh my God, Ron Grant! Oh, I got to respond, Ron. Sorry, everybody. Ron sent me a message earlier. I'm going to get back to you on that, Ron. Um, Gladys Knight's Chicken and Waffles, Atlanta. It's probably a good spot. Uh, I like Ron, so whenever he comments, I want to flash his stuff. Um, if you're in Atlanta, yeah. guys, go to that joint. It sounds good. Uh, no, but it is funny. Like, as comedians, whenever I hear a thing, and I know you have this, too. A lot of us have this, where we want to yeah. be like, is that really true? Like, I, I see posts there where it's like, all billionaires are bad. And my brain immediately goes, well, I know a lot of them are shitty, but it can't be all of them. There's got to be a few that are good. Law of averages. Mark Cuban seems like a good enough guy. And then they're like, well, listen, though. Yeah, so then they break it down like this. They go, a lot of the people I know who say, like, you know, billionaires are terrible. And I touched on this a little bit on my last podcast with Lisa. My thing is, obviously, not obviously, but a lot of people, when they became billionaires, they did it because they exploited someone. Like, you know, if you're the CEO of Nike and you're a billionaire, you had four-year-olds making your shoes. So that's where you got your billions from. So there are no good billionaires because they all make their billion by exploiting workers or whatever. And I thought, all right, all right, wait a minute, though. That can't all be true. There's got to be someone. Dude, Paul McCartney is a billionaire. He didn't exploit anyone. He's just made 4,000 albums. Like, you know, and it happened to be yeah. a Beatle. You know, um, when Jay-Z and Beyonce crossed that threshold, although you could say Rockaware was probably some you know, sweatshop stuff. So there's probably some clothing stuff there, though. Uh, Dick Wolf. Probably, but like Dick Wolf, who's created like 10 TV shows. I'm pretty sure he's almost a billionaire. All Everyone who works on a TV show is union. Union get paid great. So there's no one being exploited there unless someone wants to dig deep going, well, some interns getting coffee for a buck a day. Yeah, but then they were an intern for Dick Wolf. So then, like, they, you know, it's, it's it's one of those things where I don't, I, I hear, whenever I hear someone says all of a thing, I go, yeah, it can't be true. So when I hear people say, like, there's no good white people food, I'm like, 
Do you not have burgers and hot dogs at your fucking barbecues too? I mean, come on. Like, there's, yeah. like our food might not be as good as some cultures, but you can't say there are no good this. But then if I say this stuff out loud, I just hit my mic, so sorry about that sound, everybody. If I say that out loud, it makes it seem like I'm some insecure white person sticking up for shit. And I am not white, everybody. I'm Irish. There is a difference. So I, you know, I want to be very clear on that. Hey, hey, Joe, as far as the social justice, justice fight going on, barbecue is is and food is not on the radar right now. I hope, I hope you know that. I know. I'm trying to find the good. In, I'm yeah, trying, not trying to find the good. Matter of fact, one of the best dudes in Chicago comedy that's on the grill is Jonah Jerkins. White, oh, black, Puerto Rican. I don't give a fuck. He's the only guy I'm just like, and I cook a lot. He's the only but guy you know I'm what? Like, Jonah's cultural appropriating because he went to high school, went to an, like a mostly black high school, and he, he learned from those guys, and now he's just a cultural appropriating piece of shit, that Jonah Jerkins. I'm going to hey, put yeah. it out there right now. No, I'm kidding. I love Jonah. I don't, I don't think he's yeah. doing that. I'm just fucking around. <laughs> Can I tell you one of my favorite jokes of him, of watching of his? I'm not going to give the punchline away. Watching of his that yes, when it doesn't work. When it doesn't work. Oh, it is fun to watch, dude. He does know he does you say know, yeah, a joke yeah. that doesn't work. Uh, oh, well, I know which one. No, oh, which one? Um, I, I where? Very... Yeah, I can't. We can't say it. Say it. Jonah Jerkins is a joke where the punchline is how because he he was an overweight kid growing up and they used to call him like fat, f a g g o t. Um, but he's a funny one where he talks about how all the black guys wanted to titty fuck him, which I think is such a funny yeah, line. I've heard that, yeah. Um. Which yeah. is a, a line that everybody likes, except for woke white women. They'd be like, "Is that okay? I'm not sure if that's okay." Yeah. Um, that only—that's what gets me upset. Like when, like the whole, the, all the Karen stuff. Um, <laughs> this is really funny, by the way. I know, I know a comedian named Corinne, who had a post that was like a kind of anti-UFC, uh, and her and someone commented, "You're just a Karen spelled wrong because it's Corinne." <laughs> so I'm like, "Oh, that's fucking hilarious." Corinne is just Karen spelled wrong, um, but. Yeah, dude, I don't fucking care. Like, I, I, I think it's all hilarious. I, obviously, there's so much shit going on right now that sometimes I feel guilty doing podcasts where I'm not talking about what's going on in the world. But then I, I think you need some mental breaks where you just got to laugh and oh, stuff like that, you know? Um, obviously, dude, there's like, Joe, horrible I'm shit going to, on, you know? I'm trying to figure out. I sent you a message about it, and we don't have to talk about it in detail. But I'm, I'm, like, I'm really trying to figure out how to do this comedy show and not piss off anybody. You know, well, I mean, the doing. I think doing a show, people be more mad about the risk of spreading coronavirus. Um, uh, that's 100%. your worry, right? Because I don't think anyone would be worried about subject matter. Although, no, 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 like, no, no. yeah, no, no. I'm yeah, not worried about subject matter. Good, but good. Just like it, it's all, this, it's kind of the same thing, like subject matter and what, like, whatever. I'm assuming, like, because I, I mean, I I work in retail. I was supposed to quit this job this year, but coronavirus fucked that up. Um. I was well prepared to go full time into comedy and the coronavirus happened. So now I'm like, well, I'm working at my job and I'm like, well, they are doing shit to, to make this as safe as environment as possible for me to go into work to a place I don't care about. Right. Yeah. So I care about comedy. I love this shit. So I got to figure out an outlet, a way to get this done where both the comics and the audience members feel safe. And I hate the fact that people bring up uh, D.L. Hughley shit. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... Dude, I, yeah, I mean, a yeah. club with no one... Like, when he passed It's a different scenario, yeah. Yeah, no one... Like, four people came to the rescue. 
One person was wearing a, wearing a mask. It was COVID related and exhaustion. Nashville, though, is just they look a lot of these states were fucking shit up. And Nashville is so bad. So I don't my younger brother just graduated college. Him and his friends were like, let's travel down to Nashville. Right. Um, you know, they were going to do their best to social distance. Even I was a little bit like, come on, dude. Um, you know, be careful with this stuff. But he's a smart, he's a really, really smart kid, actually. So I'm sure he'd been fine. But did this, they show up to Nashville and Nashville shut everything down because Nashville got so bad they had to reshut everything down. And I think like yeah. Nashville and a lot of Texas closed everything up. Georgia should. I don't think they're going to, though, um, from the numbers I read. And a lot of it is about hospitalizations. And I know some people look at the death rate and it's a death rate of thing. And uh, are they marking deaths that aren't really happening? Like someone could have stage four cancer, but they also have COVID and the COVID's the death. First of all, they write both things down. It's not just, they're trying to, they have to number as many things COVID as possible for data and everything like that. And then they were saying, well, the government's giving more money to hospitals that have COVID deaths. Well, yeah, because they want those hospitals to stop it. So they're going to get a little bit more funny. Yeah. That's not that crazy. But then on the flip side, there was rumors... I didn't dig too deep that Florida had way more pneumonia deaths in 2020 than the last like seven years combined. And they're like, are those right. pneumonia deaths or are they COVID deaths? And you guys just want to make your numbers look fine because you guys were like, hey, everyone come party here. Fuck the rest of the country. We're Florida. We want your tax revenue. Come visit us. We don't want to take a Because Florida is a big tourism state. Florida has right. no state income tax because they make so much money off of tourist dollars that they don't need a state income tax, which makes sense. You know, if you live in a state like that, you shouldn't have a state income tax because, you know, it's state, the state's robbing you in a sense. You know, I'm, I'm pretty progressive in a lot of ways, but I'm not for unnecessary taxes. There's a lot of stupid at like Illinois is a bad state when it comes to taxes because the state of Illinois doesn't do shit for you. At least when Chicago taxes you, they take out your garbage. You know, what, what mm -hmm. service does the state of Illinois do? The highways were paid for a long time ago. And the tolls should pay for those. So when the state of Illinois raises your taxes, it is kind of like what the, like they don't contribute nearly enough to education. So I don't even know what the fuck they're doing. That's a whole nother podcast. But I think what I'm, <laughs> it is breaking down tax code and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But so you're talking about the D.L. Hughley thing. Nashville wasn't doing anything. They weren't taking any precautions whatsoever. So if you're talking, like, yeah. They were acting like shit was normal. And, and that's the was. flip side of this stuff, man. There's, there are people like on the far right who are like, fuck mass, it's against my constitutional right, which is complete bullshit because no shirt, no shoes, no service. Throw a mask into that. It's part yeah. of it. I can't walk into a Dairy Queen with no fucking shoes on and now it's a mask while there's a pandemic going on. It's not against your constitutional rights. You're being a fucking idiot. And also wear it, dipshit. Hey, if you're listening in Alabama, you're not going to get roll tied football if you keep acting like a fucking dick. Think about people who are, are not yourself. And not everything is a big conspiracy to fuck you over, okay? I can't believe how many people think it's everything's just a lie to get them to do things. Like, that's why we're, that's why every, there's what European countries are all back to normal now because their citizens were like, oh, fuck. These smart people are telling me not to do something. I'm going to go along with it because even if it's a lie, I'm not spitting on people. Great, you know, which is good because I've spit on my own computer screen and the camera yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's disrespectful enough. In first place. Without yeah. the coronavirus, it's kind of disrespectful. Even without How it. How many times have you actually been talking to someone and you spit them? Oh, my bad. No, no, yeah, exactly. Right. But now I'm going to trash the far left because the far left will go so out of their way to be like, I walked past a park. There was a guy in the middle of the park who didn't have a mask on. And I'm like, 
Was anyone near him? Because when I walk my dog, I don't have a mask on. Because guess what? I live in a quiet neighborhood, and if I do see someone walking my way, I cross the street. It's that right. simple. You you know, if you're if you're going jogging in an empty forest preserve, you don't need to wear a fucking mask. And then there are some people on the far left who are like, you need to wear a mask when you shit in your own house. How dare you? Like you know, settle down. Okay, it's on both of these extremes. Hey, that annoy the, the whole cat, fucking country. Hey, Joe, the kind of shit you take, you might want to wear a mask. Ayo! All right. All right. <laughs> you know you know about my diet? You know about... Yeah, oh, for sure. I've become a big blueberry fan lately, and they <laughs> come out very blue. Did anyway. that Lurie was saying today that Lincoln Park is the neighborhood most, has had the most spikes in the last week? I could believe what that. Any yeah. neighborhood that's got a big... It's population density, too. It's like white neighborhood. It yeah. is very white, and there's just a high any any of the. That's why New York went insane with it because it's population density. When you have a fuckload of people living in a small area, like Montana has nobody. That's why I'd be interested to see. And I, I haven't said this on the podcast yet, but I've been talking about this with some people on like text threads. You know, I got a bunch of different group texts I'm in. I, I I would like to see a new metropolis emerge, like a new big city, a city that wasn't a big city that becomes a big city. We have not seen that in our lifetimes, and I think that'd be a really cool thing to see. Why can't some fucking, why can't um, Helena, Montana become a fucking city of a million people with a big downtown and all that stuff? You'd, you'd think that people would be like, hey, look, I don't need to live in New York anymore with 8 million people on top of each other. Because when a, something like this happens, everything goes to shit. I can move over here. Everything's online now. I've got cousins I've been talking to. They all had office jobs. They haven't been to their office since this started. And a lot of them think yeah. they're never going back to their office. Because their offices yeah. are like, why am I paying high um, lease rates on 25,000 square feet in the loop when my employees are getting just as much done from their homes? So why yeah. don't I save the money off of this bullshit? And so you're going to see a lot of... In 2008, the residential bubble of housing burst, you're going to see a lot of empty, empty office buildings downtown once this thing clears out. And I, and I, I don't know what's going to fill them. Nothing. Uh, like two things. Like one, like Tosh works tech computer shit for yeah. fucking uh, a company. I'm not going to. No, no, no. Right. So uh, she works for a company. Uh, and they are, they shut the office down till September and they're going to have another announcement, which is probably predicted to be the office is shut down for all of 2020. That's it. I don't know yet, but I, I think it's but her, 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 her job is completely a hundred percent capable of doing at the house. I'm doing here since mid-March. Yeah. Every day. And then for me with the whole T-Mobile shit, it was just like. Store meet store meetings. Them getting me up at fucking eight, or like six a.m. So I can drive to some fucking store just to tell me some shit that could have emailed me is completely dead. Yeah, I mean, so there's gonna be COVID. some stores like that, like the Apple Store will still exist because people need to go and talk to one of those people, going like, "Hey, do I get this MacBook Pro? Or do I get that MacBook Pro? Well, what do you want to do with your MacBook Pro?" listen to spotify and play on the internet okay well you need the least amount possible if you're fucking yeah. editing movies let's get you a few more gigabytes like some of those jobs aren't going to go away which is good like i mean i'm not rooting for any of these jobs to go away i'm not rooting for any of these office spaces to close i would love no, them I'm, for I'm, all to be I'm, full I'm, you know i i am rooting for the unnecessary shit that they've been making us do 
for decades. I agree. I agree. Decades. Things are more efficient and, now. They're just more yeah, efficient. There's like, you know? hey, there's no reason for you to get up, get in your car, get on the bus, and go for this meeting when we've been on, like, me and you are having a full conversation right now on a chat. Why did it take a pandemic to figure out that we can figure this out right here? Yeah, I mean, and, I, and what's cool is most listeners are understanding that this is still a newer technology, and it's getting better all the time. Like, I, I'm using StreamYard, everybody. StreamYard had a thing for a while where you couldn't do it on mobile. Now you can do it on mobile, and uh, which is nice. Because before, guests, like you're a guest, you're on your phone right now. I couldn't run it from my phone, but now I can. I'm on my computer, of course. So, like, things are getting better as they go. Sound quality is getting a little bit better. I say that as you're taking your AirPods off and making a bunch of fucking noise. But, like, things are improving as they go. And it's great. Like, I was on my, like, Brooks Whelan. He has a podcast. I, I was a guest on his podcast the other day. The episode hasn't come out yet, anybody. But be sure to check that out. Uh, Brooks Whelan's podcast is called Entry Level. Um, and I can't wait to, and that's what's cool now. He lives in LA. I live in Chicago. We're able to do a podcast together. So new things will be born out of this that will be a lot better. And 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 other things m- might suck in a sense. But back to you putting on a comedy show, the Dio Hughley thing, again, no protocols were taken. Why is it that the people who are so against live comedy coming back, I understand not rushing to do it. You know what I mean? You want to be careful. Why don't they ever mention Chappelle's Netflix special? 842, 841. Can I tell you you why? I'm going to tell you why. Because that was socially distanced and was great. Yes. I'm going to tell you why. Most people are, uh, they're, they just, the the people I've noticed bitching about, like, it's too early to be coming back. They're not, they weren't getting booked to begin with. (laughs) They weren't getting, that's the straight up truth. Most of us see bitching about it. They weren't getting booked to begin with. And now, like, they, they, and this, Okay, it's a long theory. So, when comedy shut down, all the good comics took the time off because you don't get vacations, right? Yeah. You're like, well, every everyone's reset to zero. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm just gonna take the time off and recharge. And this is when these whack ass comics came on and start doing Zoom shows and doing shit like that. And then and then, and then people that small bubble that that fucking bubble of social media of just random not random but a like-minded people agreeing with your shit hitting the like button and giving you that validation they know when live comedy comes back they are finished they're done immediately and that's no, I, think, I think it's a great point yeah that's a great point and if i, I could think, add I to that i think also it's a lot of people who like you were saying weren't getting booked or weren't shit there are people i see who are who are like still like no stamp comedy shouldn't come back yet and all this kind of stuff um and in some areas it, you know la is no one's wearing masks from what i gather from me and my friends on twitter in la and you know and things are really bad there right now so yeah obviously you don't need to bring it back yet but even when things were close to coming back they were against it i think there are some stand-up comedians where they're they say i'm a comedian but they've gotten into other worlds, which you know I'm not against, obviously, as a as a guy who podcasts and I act a little bit. But they've been more successful and more known as an actor, 
as uh, someone who appears in sketches or as a writer. They're more known for other things than their stand-up. Their stand-up has become the weakest part of their portfolio. And because of that, they're kind of like feasting off this world of Zoom comedy and being interesting on Instagram. Yes. They're, they're kind of feeding off like, I'm a comedian, but I don't have to do comedy. This is great. You know how like yes. some people just like that title? Some people just want to have... Yeah, the most terrifying you know, thing about the portfolio that they don't want to do is now eliminated. Yeah, and so they're now, happy. Like, they're like, it's gone. Yeah. I don't have the thing I didn't and, and like. I, yeah. And I'm telling you, I think most of these people say, like, it's irresponsible to them coming back on all costs. They're terrified of what's going to happen when we figure out how to do stand-up comedy because that's where it's at right now, bro. Like, like my, my company, T-Mobile, I, I don't know why I said that, but I was supposed to quit this year anyway. But my company, <laughs> T-Mobile, oh, was like, we got to fucking find a way to sell phones safely. Yeah. And and that's how we should approach comedy. Like, look, all right, we gave it a three months. We 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 gotta we gotta find a way to make stand up happen in a safe the safest environment as possible. If that means not selling only twenty tickets as opposed to fucking a hundred like we do at CYK, well then so be it. Then yeah, the I mean I would rather yes I yeah I one hundred percent agree the show must go on and look eventually things will go back to. When people say there's going to be a new normal, I think the new normal is what we were talking about. There's going to be less people taking a stupid-ass 20, 30-minute commute to some dumb office that's not necessary. you know. Exactly. And then some, some businesses will be like, you're not getting shit done at home. I need you here. So, I mean, so that'll be like, a, there'll be new normal stuff like that. Maybe handshakes will become a thing of the past. Maybe people will elbow or fist bump or, I don't know. There'll be Daddy other Callis. things. Yeah, exactly. Our boy Danny always did the elbow thing. Um, yeah, so that'll be. But as far as live, look, people are eventually going to want to see movies and movie theaters again. There'll be some other options. I know I think I need to, you know, it's, I, I got a new big TV, everybody. don't want to brag, but I got a 65-incher not oh, that long what, ago. What a flex. What a flex. Fuck yeah, yeah dude. So I'm kind of okay with this watching movies at home thing right now because I got a sweet setup. But... Look, people are eventually want to get back out. They're going to want to go to a fucking football game, go to a baseball game, you know, do like live activities again. That will happen once we beat this. It's Japan's back to normal. Fans are at baseball yeah. games in Japan. These other countries were able to squash this shit. And I don't want to hear shit about population size because if you add up Japan and all of Europe and all these, they're equal the same population as us, but they were able to beat it because it's real simple. It's just different leadership. If you... And and you could look. I don't even hate all Republicans. There's some Republican friends of mine where I'm like, all right, I get it. You want low taxes? Fine, it's an argument. But if you're yeah. one of those people that just, I know some that just kiss Trump's ass no matter what. And I'm like, come on, you guys are smarter than that. Be be, be a Republican. A it's okay to be a Republican. Yeah, he is. He's, he's having a historically bad, bad year, year. and he's it, a bad it, leader. It, it, yeah. There's been good Republican it, it, leaders before. Good. Eisenhower. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm not even shitting on Republicans because I do. I think Democrats are shit too. Democrats are fucking bad too. So am, I'm not even. I am on an island right now because I did, like honestly like this election is almost coming up is almost like watching a great football game where you have no alliance to. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I hear I'm you. Legit, I hear you yeah. I'm just sitting here watching, and I'm like, I don't care what the fuck happens. I just want to see the shit go down. Yeah, people who know me know I was not a fan of Hillary's, but I know she would have been better in this scenario. Because at the end of the day, you got to be able to have a president that's going to be able to say, hey, listen, it's a global pandemic. There, it's, it is more serious than the flu. 
All right. You know, you're not all going to get it. But the thing is, we can't have our hospitals overloaded with people. We can't have it spread to the elderly because they're at higher risk. We just don't want to, like, it's going to be, it's going to suck for three or four months, but we're going to do, like, if we would have done a real lockdown where all 50 states were lined up and, you know, because again, I know people who were living in Chicago who after 10 days of lockdown, April 1st, so was that 15 days were like, I can't take it anymore. And they drove to Florida. And it's like, what the yeah, fuck that are was, you doing? Dude, that was crazy. That was crazy. Dude, we I know these people, man. We know I some live, of these people. I, I live with one guy right now. <laughs> I just He's don't here. understand. Like, then, so if the government. Oh, wait. Oh, 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 Indiana's open. Let's drive over there. I'm like, what the... Just chill the fuck out. I want to drive to Indiana for a paycheck on a nice day with no pandemic going on. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'd go for money. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. go for of fun. Hey, by the way, the fuck let, me are, say, you know? let me say myself Drop Comedy Club, you've done me well. No, I like, I like the drop too. The drop. It's been a few years since I've been to the drop. I think I've been performing there since like twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen. But no, and I like Indianapolis is a fun city. Look, it's just it's Illinois, Illinois, Indiana. That's why I'm giving them shit. But dude, like, I was reading about it, man. If the if if we would just if we had like a real leadership, one that did like if not questioning it, he questioned, he called it a hoax, he did all this other kind of shit. And I've gone over this with the pandemic before, so I don't really want to go too deep into it but what back to running a comedy show you want to do it in your yard per, i take it I bet, dude so i've been in your yard it's a good size yard if you yes. had 15 to 20 people in there and obviously some people quarantine together we've got friends who are roommates they show up they could sit four together because they were living together anyway exactly. they're in one exactly. circle you go so, six feet this way so you could still do it it's still possible yeah. and then we we like so for ufc fight night i might have like 15 people there at most we scanned everyone's head. You did, yeah. You had the sure. thing, yeah. The thermometer, yeah. We, we, yeah, we, temperature. we did the temperature thing and stuff like that, which I know, you know, I know people be like in the comment section, asymptomatic motherfucker. Yeah, I get that. But, but asymptomatic, whatever the fuck it is. But with comedy so, show, people, you'd have everyone, you require masks, you, you do a temperature check because. No, we're we're, we're going to provide masks for them. Oh, well, even better. We're going to have, because, hey, guess what? Oh, I forgot my mask. Oh. Here you go. We got one for you. No excuse, and then, then. And then we're going to ask how, like, we're not even going to set up the chairs yet. We're going to ask them how many to the party. If it's like four, we're going to take a cluster of four chairs and sit them here. We're only, we're not here for greed. We're here for the craft. So we're only selling 20 tickets. That's it. it is I love it, man. I love it. I think, then, they, I think that could work. 20 people are yes. hungry for a show. They're in, obviously, if you're willing to go to a comedy show right now, you're going to be a good audience member. I think I exactly. think that'll work. I think the outdoor air thing. Um, I know comedy bars running. I think that's the only show and club I know of doing stuff. Because, dude, I'm itching to get back out there too, man. I had I had a whole yeah, 2020 man. plan where you know I, I released um, you know my, my latest special I released on YouTube and um, it's been doing well. And then I I had a plan where I'm like, all right, I'm going to release this in April. Then yeah. I wanted to do, I had like an idea for a half hour thing I was going to do in the summer. Can't do that now. Is it the fight one? Yeah, the fight one I told you about. Because I, I used to do these fighting stories, but none of them are on anything. Wait, wait, what was the name of the title? I can't remember. Well, we had a cool title. Dude, it eludes yeah. me. I can't remember now. Um, I was looking through my phone usually because I jot that shit down. And then, dude, I've already t I've told this on the podcast, and I'm going to do this in December, maybe like a week or two before Christmas, because I, I have three albums out now. I was going to release the greatest hits. <laughs> I was gonna have. I was gonna have like a happy holidays, greatest hits. Prince? 
Uh, Dude, well, I don't, I, I don't know. I know there are, I know, there, I know. Weird Al Yankovic has like a greatest hits, but I can't think of any comedians that have a greatest hits. There's got to be like a Bob Hope greatest hits or some shit like uh, that, right? Uh, Carlin, uh, Pryor. I know one. But you he, see, I got Pryor on the wall right behind me. Oh shit! Okay, cheese and crackers, Chris Rock. There you go. I'll tilt the camera that way. Oh, okay, there you go. So like, I was gonna do cheese it for more. Crackers, Chris Rock. And I didn't even, like, I didn't even care if it sold. It just, it would just be a funny thing to do. Like, I didn't even yeah. care if it like. You know, hit number one like the other ones did, or if it had a big—I gotta get a haircut. But if it had like a big like sale, I just think it'd be fun to put something out. And so I had all these ideas for putting content out, and all this other kind of stuff. Um, and you know, the pandemic got in the way of that. So I would love for a comedy 100%. to come back in any sense, any any shape or form. Yeah, we just, just, we just to gotta be, get something going. We gotta be we gotta be smart about it, and we gotta like we can't get greedy. No, uh, we cannot. The, the, that comedy club—I don't want to mention that comedy club because I worked at comedy club before. And they are great people there, but they were greedy. And that comedy club in Nashville with DL Hughley, we can't yeah. do shit like that. Yeah, I know. We gotta, people... put, we gotta put safety first. If we approach it that way, it's possible. And I, I sat there and I was looking at my backyard like that fight night. I'm like, you know what? We weren't even trying to space people apart, but they're already kind of spaced apart. And we have about 16 people back here. You could do it, so man. If, I if might do one in my backyard because I got a I got a little back deck I could use. The yeah, it can be on the deck, and it's not like a wide deck. It's, exactly, it's no wider exactly. than the CYSK you know stage, but it's way and, higher, obviously. And then one thing I always want to do is to separate the, the talent from the people. So I was yes. gonna, like, I was gonna, I was gonna open my house to the comics we booked there, and I was only gonna book like five comics at a time too. That way, there's not like fucking ten Ooh. of us hanging out here. You know what I could do on my backyard, and then I got to get to your favorites. And I want to see if you want to stick around for some bonus. Do about five minutes. I've been playing Fuck, Mary Kill um, and bonus. Everyone on the it. Patreon Patreon subscribers know I've been doing um, a thing where I got a big... I've been cleaning out my house, so I got a big like bin of old DVDs. I reach in and grab three at random, and the stars of the, of the DVDs are who your Fuck, Mary Kill choices would be. So it's kind of like a fun little spin on a classic American Absolutely. game, Fuck, Mary Kill. So, um, But no, here's what I could do. Uh, so I got like the back deck. I could have that be like a dais, and I could do like an outdoor roast. So because then the comedians could be on there, they could be spread apart a little bit enough. And then the audience is in the backyard; they're like on the grass, and I could kind of like spread them out enough. So maybe that's something I could try to do in the backyard. Even though I'm not the biggest roast fan, I just thought it'd be cool visual of one comedian on the front yeah. of the balcony, and then it almost looks like fucking like a 1940s film of like some you know dictator trying to take over a country from a balcony shouting down at people um but i think it looked pretty dope all right here we go i do these things this is like a new segment i've been closing out the podcast with by the way thanks for everyone for listening um watching live on youtube and facebook uh, i do favorites where i ask people their favorites and they're all alcohol related to stay true to the origins of the podcast kill gallons pub the drinking podcast all right ed towns if you could have one shot for the rest of your life what's that shot going to be one shot. Um, no, it's tough. It's a tough question. I gotta go classic. I gotta go Jameson. Jameson, there you go. I've got a few Jamie, people. I gotta go. I, like whiskey is my shit. It's always it's the one consistent alcohol that has been there. From and Jameson's my, one of my favorite shots because it's like a it's a true shot where like it's a punch. You know, yeah. there's other whiskeys that are better for mixed drinks, but I definitely think Jameson is my go-to shot as well. Appreciate that answer. Right. You were like the third or fourth person who's chosen Jameson. I believe Kevin Bozeman, Natasha Pearl Hansen, 
And I think uh, you and then maybe one other person, maybe Jonah Jerkins. Yeah. I'm not sure. All right, favorite beer. You can only have one beer the rest of your life. What's it going to be? Uh, Allagash White. Where's that from? What brewery? I've never heard of that it, one. It, uh, it's definitely a – look, It's I, I can't tell you. It, it always had it on draft. It was literally – like the first time I had it was at Square Bar on North Avenue – no, no, on Belmont. In your Austin. Belmont, Belmont near California. Austin. Yes. I don't know and, is, yeah. I, I literally remember sipping that. I'm like, this is the best beer I've ever tasted in my life. Cool. All right. I'll have to check that out. That's yeah. why I always want a little more backstory. Because I'm not going to argue what your favorite beer is. I'm not going to argue any of the favorites. What they're, your favorites yeah. are your favorites. All right. Mixed def- drink. One cocktail. Okay, what's your cocktail going to be? Oh, shit. Um, I have two more questions after this. I think you're going to love them. All right. Here's what I'm going to say. Cocktail. I'm going yeah. reckless. Blue motherfucker. Blue motherfucker. Now, what is in a blue motherfucker? A bunch of shit. But I have gotten so much unwarranted pussy from that shit. Like, some <laughs> girls I should never... By the way, my fiance's... I love that you're just saying that right in front of your fiance, too. Yeah. but I mean, Is that what worked on you? Is that what happened before the saying no, no, yes? No, no, not on her. No, no, All no, right. No. But blue motherfucker... <laughs> You motherfucker! No, no, it took persistency to work on her. Some real work. Some real work. <laughs> but blue motherfucker is is a young man's drink. So I had this motherfucker when I was like legit 20, 21, 22. We're talking over like fifteen years ago, and it was just this fucking drink that was just like, I I guess it's history. Like I knew this bartender. You don't make this drink for me, and everyone be sitting there like, dude, there's like 18 liquors. Who the fuck are you? I'm like, I kind of know the bartender. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're hanging out with me, and we're drinking blue it's motherfucker a magic. all night. It's magic. Yeah. It's a blue motherfucker. Everyone try it at your local pub when that becomes a thing again. If they even make that shit no more. That was fucking 10 years ago. It sounds fantastic, though. All right. Next question. Drunk food. Tacos. Tacos? Any specific Without kind? You steak taco guy? You ground beef? What do you like? I do three tacos. My three my three go to is uh, uh, carne asada, uh, El Pastor, and uh, chili rellenos. Chili rellenos is an underrated taco, and I'm pretty sure some people here don't know what it is. It is a stuffed habano pepper fried in egg bag. I love all Mexican food. It's all great, except for sour cream. I don't like. Sometimes you get a, a dish that they put too much sour cream on, and I'm not into it. But I'm a, I'm a big. You know, fan. sour That's cream is choice. not a Mexican thing, though, right? No, but I'm, but they use it in their cooking, though. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, no, because I I do um, Mexicans. My go-to. I'm torn, man. There's sometimes where it's like, yeah, I just want to oh, fucking you know get tacos me, me, and burritos, look, I, and then I'm a I French gotta, toast I, guy late at night. You know. I got yes. I was getting there too. I gotta back out. What am I? You know what? Scratch that Mexican shit. Mexican shit is good. Well, I sound racist now. Fuck you do a little bit. It sounds like that's how white people say it. What's that Bill Burr joke where we put the we, white people put the swear after, where black guys put it before, or no, we put the swear before. We'll say this yeah. fucking Asian guy is the Bill Burr yeah. joke, and he goes this Asian motherfucker. It, but for some reason, yeah. saying shit the way you did made me go, yeah, it sounds a little bit. Anyway, though, yeah, it was kind of rough. No, you called I it. Lo- okay, so end of the night drunk food. If I'm going home, I am getting. Mexican food, one hundred percent. But let's just say me, you, a couple. Going to Hollywood Grill. Yes, 
diner food. Love it. I love diner food, uh, man. That's, that's, uh, that's why I'm like you. I'm torn between the two. Yeah, Dude, I am. But just, give me just scrambled eggs and some French toast or even you know sunny side is? up eggs where you could dip the into the egg yolk. You know, I like that. Or bacon's good, too. Orange yeah. juice. Mexican food, Mexican food and Mexican food is a read option play. Yeah, man. You know what I've been you know what liking? I used to like corned beef hash. Dude, get some corned yeah. beef hash with some hash browns. You, you stuck in spiked 100%. ketchup all over that those hash browns. That's a good move. All right, last question, and this is—I um, already know the answer to this one for you. It's a historical slash famous person that's dead that you'd like Prince. to get a drink with. I know, I already knew the Prince. answer for you. you know, Some people, you know, the answers Prince. ahead of time. Yeah, you want to get drunk with Prince? It makes sense. Prince didn't drink for most of my lifetime, at least. Yeah, Jehovah's um, Witnesses aren't big drinkers, are they? No, not at all, not at no. all. But he was a drinker back in the day. But you know, but. But, Back when he was, uh, I would dunking on people and Chris, uh, no, Chris. I was gonna say Chris Rock dunking on people in Dave Chappelle sketches. That's when yeah. he was a drinker. Back in he was the drinking, yeah. yeah, for sure. So, but I would just love to just pick his brain on the way he approaches create creative shit. That's a great answer. I mm-hmm. uh, I did these questions with uh, Ryan Dempster, and it's on the Patreon. I just want to let people know. I'll tell you off air, Ed. Dempster had one of my favorite answers to the historical person you want to have a drink with. I'll tell you off the air, everyone, if you want to know. Subscribe to that Patreon, everybody. All right, everyone, that's been Ed Towns. You can follow him on Twitter at Ed Towns Got Jokes, I believe. Yes, Ed and Got Jokes. Ed Got Jokes on both Twitter and Instagram. He's Instagram a producer. Is just Ed Towns. I just, oh, I'm sorry. You all, got that yeah, one right. All this shit I created at the wrong time, so. Okay, well, there you go. Um, dude, thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening. You can subscribe on, subscribe on you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell all your friends about it. Check out all the other podcasts on the People of Comedy Network. Thanks to everyone in the chat. You guys are the best. This has been the Joe Kilgallen Podcast.